Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream various places across the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is a mysterious cave demon you actually want to uh, hitch a ride home with you, the one and only Mars. Uh, hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'll probably throw this in the extended episode. I'm in a little weird milk-related existential crisis, and I'm also staring at four bottles of wine that I have not been able to drink, so I am eager. I'm feeling like a lot of like... I just want all the drinks. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's I been mean, a weird week. <laughs> I cannot I cannot get aboard the milk train with you. But I'm 100% there staring at these beautiful little wines going, I want to know you. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to be tasting some wines today. And I'm very, very excited to do it. Before we get into all of that, quickly, we're going to be reviewing a movie called The Old Ways, which you can stream on Netflix. And it is a movie that weirdly made me actually want to go to Mexico, which probably tells you more about where I am psychologically than it does the movie <laughs> itself. I'm like, oh, demon possession in Mexico? I would like to go on a trip. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, there's a demon that lives in that cave, but the scenery is so gorgeous. St- stalactites and stalactites <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> demon schmeeman. <laughs> I'll roll the dice on that one. Yeah. So how have you been? What have you been up to? You know, not, not a whole lot of different but that was a really weird way to phrase that the same a lot of the same is what i was trying to say and not weirdly go in the opposite direction um, <laughs> a lot of the same you know i have a trip planned at the end of this month coincidentally same week yes. as halloween which i'm very excited about even though it's not halloween themed but you know there might be costumes there might be costumes <laughs> of sorts i didn't I'm not implying anything. I don't know. Did you hear a tone? I didn't make a tone. So you're the person that all the weird, sexy Pikachus costumes were made for? (laughs) I was a Pikachu in here, but it definitely wasn't sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I always love those lists of really inappropriate sexy outfits. Oh my god, remember when they made the sexy Handmaid's Tale? Oh, talk about missing the point. (laughs) Like, so, so completely missed the mark on that. There was also a sexy Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh my god. I want to hear from somebody who actually is like, yes, give me that fucking Legs Avenue costume. Oh my god. You know, I want to be a sexy mayonnaise packet. I need to know who's, I mean, there must be a market for them. So who's buying, you know, the sexy chainsaw or the sexy uh, retirement person? I don't know. I'm Googling it right now because I've seen some awful ones and I can think of none of them right now. But right, it's I'm like, just naming random objects at this point. Did you ever see the um, the sexy Bob Ross? Weirdly, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be a sexy actual where you're being someone, the irony of a sexy Bob Ross kind of wins me kind over. Kind of funny. I would never be it, and I would mock my friends if they did it, but I would also secretly, begrudgingly have a little respect for it because it's fucking funny. The thing that also gets me about those weirdly off-target sexy costumes is when they just start taking nouns, where they're like, this is sexy corn on the cob. (laughs) What? (laughs) How and why? I'm not about the kink shaming, but this feels niche. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you really you you really took a chance on right? that one. Right? 
it's always weirds me out when it's children's things where it's like sexy Teletubby or sexy Thomas the train engine. (laughs) That is getting into places with kink where I feel like not necessarily it's bad, but it gives me pause. Because it's like, who are you wearing that for? You're not wearing it for the joy of children because you're not going someplace where there should be children. And also, if there were, they should not be appreciating your sexy Bert and Ernie costume. But then who... Okay, let's just say, hypothetically, you wore the sexy Barney because you wanted to be sexy and also Barney. Right. Do you trust the person who's going to see you in that and be like, mm-hmm, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's of concern. I feel like it shows some people's true colors that just are worth noting. I mean, there's a know? follow-up conversation that needs to occur. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to talk about... What, why this is working for you and how we're going to negotiate terms around this. <laughs> you know, for all I know, maybe I'm fine with it. I just need to be yeah. aware. <laughs> that being said, I will take a sexy corn on the cob over a sexy uh, Frida Kahlo or a sexy geisha or something like a sexy Native American. But no, I'll take the corn on the cob all day over that. But Because you I, know what? Sexy corn on the cob is kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Right? <laughs> Like, why You're are you swaying me? You're swaying me. I'm now team corn on the cob. Okay, so Bob Ross and corn on the cob are now allowed. <laughs> God, I'm so easily swayed. <laughs> well, and I just think it's funny in the first place when you're going to, if you're going to do a costume, if you do something that's not a cultural, yeah. like, you know, thing, you have some sort, you know, yeah. and you're just yeah. like, oh, sexy corn, you know, or like, I'm looking, I just Googled it just to see, and there's some that's like, this is a sexy goldfish. I'm like, why? <laughs> Who, who, Halloween is coming up and they're like, I want to be a goldfish of some, of some genre, just yeah. some kind of goldfish. That's, I mean, I guess whatever, but, yeah. but I guess that's also how you know who showed up late to the Halloween right. store. <laughs> if they're right. showing up to the party as, um, you know, sexy monkey or something, you're like, yeah. oh, that's all that was left. Yeah. Sexy taco sauce packet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, I saw sexy... something about there's outrage over this year. There's a new wig called the Karen. Oh my and there's god! A bunch of outrage over it, and the best comment I saw was like, "Oh, so you don't like it when people make your culture a costume?" Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, touche! Oh my gosh! <laughs> Someone won the internet today. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Oh shit! So what else have you been up to? I'm sorry. I just found a I just found a sexy remote control costume. Um, I'm gonna need that in the chat, please. (laughs) So that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it sexy because where the buttons are? Is it just a sexy from the neck down with like a remote mask? I I I need I need clarification on the sexy remote. Um, I'm dropping it into the to the discord right now okay i'm going because um i can't it's not it's better if is you it see difficult it. to verbalize <laughs> it's really not i think it's just gonna hit different if you just look at it <laughs> okay okay all right cool, cool, cool. oh here we go images link clicking on the link what because they just really threw in the towel on this one they're not I, even trying at this, this point. is some low effort ask okay so <laughs> i shall describe it is a pink twist because i've never seen a pink remote although if they had one i would totally buy one because i'm (laughs) pink tube dress with power and mute on the boobs i mean it's basically just some buttons painted on 
And then a garter belt with an actual remote. Yeah. And then just a button that just says press on her head. Right. I mean, and to be honest, all of this is terrible, but the headpiece (laughs) is the worst part. Because imagine you're the person that's like, yes, I'm fucking fierce. I am a remote control. But you have that press on your head. You know what's going to happen all night long with increasing frequency as everybody gets drunker? They're going to push on your head. Yeah, eventually you're going to get punched in the noggin and nobody's nobody's going to even know it's going to happen. As people get drunker and drunker, you're, and, I feel like you're eventually going to get hit real hard. And how many bros are going to use that as an excuse to poke you in the boob while telling you to mute? Yeah, Oof. that's not great. Oof. 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 Oh no, what is this? What is this? There's another link. We have a new link. This is a, se- <laughs> a sexy carrot. <laughs> Which just again. again falls into that category of why? Like I'm not mad. I just don't know why. Okay, hold on, hold on. We're gonna need to discuss this one because it took me a minute to figure out what it was. So here you go. Please to explain what I've sent you. So at first glance, you'd think it was a sexy mouse cost. Oh my god, is it sexy Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, I was thinking it was Pizza Rat, but maybe it's Sexy Cheese. <laughs> oh my god, Sexy Pizza Rat would be funnier. Cause, so I'm looking at a sexy mouse costume where it's, you know, tiny dress and a hood and a tail. But then there's just two pieces of pizza on the front. Which, if it was going to be there and it was just cheese, it would make more sense. Because, you know, mice and cheese or whatever. But if this is Sexy Pizza Rat. I think it must be Sexy Pizza Rat. That's kind of fucking hilarious <laughs> right wait i found one this more. one i i also sent you one. Oh no yeah oh no it's a sexy poop emoji yeah love yourself babe this is not a costume this is a cry for help yeah if you are dressing as a sexy poop emoji <laughs> like yeah you, either... you need to love your... we need to get you a book of affirmations like i just want to know did you lose a bet and if the answer is yes, then I'm satisfied. If it, if you did not lose a bet, then do you want to talk about it? Because Okay, so where it's the sexy corn is funny because it's ironic. The sexy poop, because it is a joke, is not funny. So now yeah. it's just sad. It's yeah. just sad. Don't be a sexy poop emoji. And if you feel, if you see yourself reaching for that sexy poop emoji, your hand, you see it on the wall and you think, lol. LOL, I'm going to be a sexy poop emoji. And your hand reaches for that costume. I want you to take your hand, put it in your pocket, fire up the Discord, because hopefully you're a patron. <laughs> and you talk to me. I will be here any time of day, any time zone you are in. If you feel yourself reaching for a sexy poop emoji costume, like just know just that I am better. here for you. <laughs> <laughs> we will get through this together. You don't deserve that. <laughs> all right what's this all right i thought i sent you the last one i was gonna send you but then, then you I saw another one, one <laughs> okay is this fake news yeah <laughs> no. it's sexy, okay i'm sorry news. if you're reaching for the sexy fake news <laughs> i need you to turn and grab that sexy poop emoji <laughs> and you put that on your body <laughs> you wear it proudly <laughs> okay i only have one more that i'll send you and then i promise i'll stop Okay, okay, let's see. But only because at first glance, I was like, okay, so this is falling into the theme of sexy just objects. And then I looked at it more, and I'm like, why, though? You went on a journey? Wow. 
It's a sexy plant-based hamburger. (laughs) It's so weirdly specific. I mean, I know there's sort of a stereotype of vegans being obnoxious, but I feel like the existence of this costume (laughs) is all the proof you need. (laughs) (laughs) That is grim, yo. That is grim. Yeah. All right. So what what have I been up to? Let's see. Well, mostly the thing I've mostly been doing is I have been, if you're on the Discord journey, know this, I've been working on my backyard, turning it into my own little personal oasis, because as the pandemic rages on, if I do not get outside, I'm going to lose my mind. So we got like a patio set, a little heater, we got the grill going. It's really awesome. So no complaints on that front. Although I will say, it has introduced, I'm a house cat. We all know this. It's a running joke about me being a house cat. And I was unaware of the sounds and smells of my neighborhood oh, <laughs> in no. a way that I am now. Because turns out my neighborhood smells like basically Swisher Sweets 24-7. Oh, wow. Just straight up blunts blazing in a sickly sweet wrapper all well, day, every day. You know, and I wonder if it would have been that prevalent before covid or if it's just now people are staying home more so they're just passing blazing. the time just yeah. blazing not one but two of my neighbors sound exactly like tone loke oh my god <laughs> which is a real twist and one of them sang the most heart-rending and sincere cover of michael jackson's man in the mirror the other day oh no <laughs> I mean, he was feeling those lyrics. He he wanted to make the world a better place. And he was letting us know that it begins <laughs> by looking in the mirror. Oh, I my was gosh. moved. And then lastly, there are way too many random night screams for my, <laughs> for my liking. <laughs> a lot of night you know, screaming. I, I, I have not lived in East Bay for, what, four or five years now? Yeah. You still remember Something the night like screams, that. huh? I, you know, it all came flooding back to me suddenly. And it's not coming from one place where I'm like, okay, there's a murder basement next door. It comes from behind me, right? If you imagine a clock, right? It's coming from six. It's coming from nine. It's coming from midnight. It's coming from three. Every direction is a, is totally fair game for a rando night scream. So I don't, I'm hoping it's a fox. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Either that or I have a La Llorona situation happening outside or there's like 19 murder basements near me. Any of those is definitely bumming my Lanai Golden Girls fantasy out. The part of me that wants to believe I'm safe would default to maybe it's just a bunch of people who live in close proximity to each other who all have a very severe arachnophobia and you're just hearing them find spiders right oh but if god it's o- but if it's only happening at night you know spider mm. screams would happen during the day if they were that it is spider season though right now is when they it mate, is. which is oh fucking yeah gross. the other day i found the most enormous spider in my home oh my i god. was going outside to the to the scream lanai and I looked, <laughs> up, <laughs> I looked up and I swear to you, Mars, I am not exaggerating. A spider the size of the palm of my hand on the seat. Oh my God. I cannot express to you the inhuman noise that came from, burst <laughs> forth from my body unbidden. But See, I spider scream. Yes. And I will tell you that I didn't even need to tell Randy what it was. The 
total fear and horror and seeing the face of Satan himself noise that came from my body, he knew immediately to be the sound of a spider being spotted. (laughs) This thing was so big, he could not squish it. He had to catch and release because it was too, physically too big to squish. Oh my god. He would have needed something to smush it Like a tool. Like a sledgehammer. (laughs) Oh my god. Yes. And so it is out there in the world creeping around somewhere. He took it far away, thankfully. But that, it was in my home. And I have no idea how. That's the worst part. So then I made him do a full perimeter sweep. Every corner of the house and the ceiling was inspected before I could go to sleep. Oh, my the God. Goodness, I mean, it's so big, it couldn't get in my ear, but still, it could get on my face or something. Yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't matter if it can't squeeze into your ear. It, it also could just be on your person, and that's not okay. It was really upsetting. It was enormous. Oh. It was the biggest spider I've ever seen in person, aside from in an aquarium. Oh, I hate it. And it I hate it. just free-ranging on my ceiling. I wouldn't consider myself arachnophobic, but I don't like seeing them around i don't want them on my person i told you yes. about a couple weeks ago when i took a shower and then i took my towel off the hook and a spider fell out of it oh, in between my feet my in the shower God. and i was like i had a moment where i saw it there and then it started crawling towards my foot and i was like and this is how i die scrambling to get away from a spider i'm gonna right. slip in the shower and crack yep. my skull open yep that's see that's the danger it doesn't even have to be venomous but your body goes into fight or flight and if you are on a in a vehicle or in a, on a wet surface, it might as well be the most poisonous spider ever because it's going to get you. Oh, my gosh. I was just like a couple weeks ago. I don't know. My guy was driving around with the windows down and he said a spider. He found a spider in his hair. And he <gasps> said he just saw it drop down. And so he just no. plucked it and released it. And I was like, I would have crashed the car. Right. Not on purpose. Not like in a, well, now we both die away. But it would have, my reaction would have been so strong also, that I would have ended up in a car accident. How do you go on knowing there was once a spider in your hair? How do you live with that knowledge? I, I, he's apparently more well-adjusted than we are. <laughs> I, guess so. I guess better him than us. Because <laughs> I'm like, and I, I'm just not trying to make it sound like a threat, like I would have chosen, because it would not have been a choice no, 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 to crash no. the car. I, I, as I described, my instincts came out, like my lizard brain did a, a takeover. Yeah, we are now in <laughs> a survival scenario. Yes, it was a hostile takeover. <laughs> yeah, I would have ended up crashing my car and not, just out of reaction, out of purely just cringing my body and jerking and flinging yeah, my arms around. Flailing would have caused been cause of accident. <sighs> so, yeah, we've been busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, I don't have a warm-up question, but we do have something a little fun that we're going to do today. Do you want to do it now? I mean, I guess technically we should save it for the end of the show and decide which one pairs the best. But I don't know about you. I don't know that I can keep looking at these wines and not drinking them. I definitely can't. I'm going to tell you that right now. (laughs) All right. Forget it. We're going to do it then. Okay. Do we want to do? I don't have a plan. (laughs) But I was wondering if maybe if somehow do we want to do them it throughout? the episode like do one and then talk about the movie for a little bit and then do that's one not then, a bad idea know? plus it because it means i can have it now but also yeah i think that's a great idea okay okay so, so let's little background let me tell you a little bit so i will say this is not a paid advertisement although we did get a kit we did get this sent to us for free and i was like free alcohol <laughs> obviously i will accept this generous gift it comes from a winery called Wander and Ivy, and these are they sent us a set of four different wines, supposedly single serving wines, maybe like two glasses worth per of them. And I'm sorry to interrupt, only because I fell for this too. There's actually five. There's five. One side of the box, it's not doubled. 
Oh. There's a Sauvignon Blanc across from a Chardonnay. You know what? There's a candy that goes with it, but I was like, See? oh, they forgot to send it to me. That's what tipped me off, too, is I was like, I got five candies and four wines. But we got but five wines. Five. This party just got even more exciting. I know. And okay, so Wandered Ivy is a woman and disabled owned company, and they make these organic wines that we are going to be trying. And because it is the spooky season, Halloween, they have created a really fun activity for us to try, which is they, we are going to be pairing classic Halloween candies with the wines. I'm so excited about this. Me too. So which one do you, do you want to start with a, a white or a yeah, red? Yeah, let's start on the light end and then okay. work our way towards the red. So are you thinking Sauvignon Blanc or yeah. you think, okay, cool. Cause see, I don't, I don't, you are definitely more of a, a wine knower than I am. So let's see here. Let's look at what the details are. Because there are probably some wine people in the audience that will know more about this. And so we'll appreciate learning a little bit about it. So, Oh my god, is, these bottles are so cute. They're really cute, aren't they? So just to, I kind of looked at them all a little bit. But did you notice the animal on the front is native to wherever the wine? No. The, wherever the grapes came from. So this little kiwi, New Zealand. And on the back they gave him, a, I'm guessing, a fake scientific name of Bach. Bacchus, like the Bacchus Apteryx, because he doesn't have wings. He's so cute. And he's drinking a glass of wine with his feet. (laughs) Okay, yeah, this is really cute. This is very, very cute. All right, so this is an aromatic blend of citrus zest, lemongrass, my love lemongrass, Mm -hmm. and nettles. The palate is pure and crisp with generous fruit flavors and fresh, dry finish. I do love something dry. It's a full bodied wine. Mm, Oh, it smells good. All right, and we are pairing this Sauvignon Blanc with Skittles. With Skittles. I'm sorry. I'm very excited about this right now. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you are out there and you have a, a winery or a boozy situation happening and you would like us to review the wines, you just let us know. <laughs> it can happen. Drop me we an email. We are more than willing participants. Yes, we are. I was very excited when I got this, this email. I was like, uh, yeah, can you please send it to myself and to my girls? Post haste. <laughs> like, you had me at, so we make wine. Done. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, all right. I'm going to smell it. Oh, sorry. Are you ready? I didn't yeah, even hang ask. on. Let me get mine open. Okay. And what color of Skittle are you going to eat with it? Oh, there's a whole little, I don't know. I was going to do a luck of the draw and just see what pops out. All right. I'm going to go with a green one because of like the citrus, right? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. But I do like your kind of Russian roulette Skittles idea. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to fate. All right. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to start with a little sip of the wine. Oh, that's nice. Oh. That's nice. Ooh. And it's a little tart. Mm-hmm. Because I'm generally not a white wine person, but ooh, that one. Yeah, like a Moscato is a little... I mean, once in a while it's nice, but if I'm having a glass of Moscato, I can do it. But it can be a little too desserty. I I prefer something a little drier. And this is not overly sweet. Mm-mm. It's a little bit tart, mm-hmm. and it's ooh. Oh, and this is the one where I feel like I want to be sitting on a porch with with my girlfriends. Right? You know? Absolutely. Out on the Scream Lanai. This is what we'll be drinking. This is perfect Scream Lanai wine. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna try the Skittle now. Okay, they are not wrong about the Skittles pairing. Right? Oh my god, they really do go really well together. Now you're in a dessert wine place that you can go dry by itself, slam a Skittle in your mouth, and you got yourself a delicious dessert wine. And for the record, 
my Skittle roulette actually yep. gave me two. So it was a green and a yellow. So oh, it was um, double citrus. Or a green and an orange. I'm sorry. Still double citrus. Still but. double citrus. Also, you know what? Skittles are really good. <laughs> yeah, Skittles I like, are really good. I feel like I give them short shrift. You know what I mean? Because I, I rarely eat candy. And so when I do, I go straight to chocolate always. Because if I'm going to have candy, I want the I want the full experience and I'm a chocolate person. And so I tend to overlook Skittles. And maybe maybe I should be tasting the rainbow more often. I mean, I'm when I, I I also don't eat a whole lot of candy, but when I do, I default to fruit candies like Skittles and oh. Starburst and things like that. Oh, Laffy Taffy. Oh, love me some oh Laffy God, Taffy. I haven't had a Laffy Taffy since childhood. Oh, it is still amazing. Ooh, that is good. We're going to be very drunk by the end of this. <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't realize I had five. What is I know. We'll see it through surprise. me too. It wasn't until I was label, whereas everybody, ever, all the rest of them have a different color. But the 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 Chardonnay and the and the Sauv Sauvignon Blanc, whatever cool people say, have the same color label. Yeah, but I, yeah, it wasn't until I was going through the candies that I was like, wait, I got five candies and four, and the, then I was like, oh well, now I got to read labels. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so far, Wander and Ivy, ten out of ten, very into it. Yes, I'm gonna. I was planning on only having a little bit of each. I might. To do a little bit more it was really good um yeah i definitely have also only had a little bit right now um, <laughs> don't don't worry about it <laughs> this little kit is perfect if you and i were just hanging out and we had one of these kits and we could each split one of these bottles mm-hmm. you know and then just then we, you get a variety of different kinds of wine without having to open four full bottles or whatever yeah. you know this is the perfect splitting size i feel like if you're not looking to get a wine box wasted. of wine <laughs> yes for yeah. us that is the perfect size to split. i mean i <laughs> i love to have the faith in myself by looking at this bottle and being like this is definitely more than a serving but like i mean come on we know me <laughs> when you pour a glass of wine i, I should know this because i've drank plenty of wine with you but i think by the time we got to the wine we were already pretty saucy usually so do you do the restaurant pour or do you do like a real pour when you pour yourself a glass is it a quarter of the glass is it half the glass is it the fucking glass so okay well i mean (laughs) (laughs) full disclosure when i'm in the comfort of my own home i drink wine out of coffee mugs because i don't trust myself with how delicate wine glasses are okay okay. and i'm constantly i mean like you know me Mm-hmm. My death reception is poor, and my spatial awareness is worse. So the last thing I need is a structurally unsound glass of wine gotcha. next to me. So I do wine. I do mugs. I think an average mug holds like 11, 10 or 11 ounces or something, mm-hmm. which I think is a restaurant pour. Okay. So that was the long and embarrassing way of me saying, oh, yeah, no, I do the classy restaurant Listen, pour in, in the, the most unclassy way ever. <laughs> When we're in the bunker, nobody's going to have time for wine glasses. It's going to be Mug City. You're just preparing. I am prepared also because I I have a feeling it's going to change the way wine tastes. I'm even willing to go in with those little tin camping mugs, you know? I know wine and metal is going to taste a little off, but, you know. Right. Maybe we should have one ceramic for our fancier beverages. Oh, my gosh. On your birthday, you get to use the one ceramic mug. (laughs) And then somebody breaks the ceramic, out of the bunker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it would be like the new currency of the new world would be books and ceramic mugs. Well, I, you know what? We have a lot of applicants for our bunker so far, but you know what no one has said they a skill they have? Ceramics. <gasps> Pottery. Pottery. 
And listen, pottery is in the same way that being able to weave clothes and make basics. Pottery is one of those things. So I would say if you are out there and you've been thinking about sending in your application to join our end of world bunker, I, I can't wait for Wander and Ivy to hear this episode. <laughs> 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 Just so you know, Wander and Ivy, it's a joke. Sort of. Um, <laughs> and, and you have pottery skills. You should definitely put that on your entrance letter because we're going to need a potter. Because we are, we are still missing. Yeah. A ceramics person. And we're going to need one. Pottery is important. We need bowls. We need glasses. We need wine mugs. <laughs> right? <laughs> Clearly we need wine mugs. <laughs> All right. Cool. So we will revisit this. I think what, just as a teaser, what are we doing next? Are we going to stay in the whites? Are we going to go to the, or go to the reds? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think we should move through, through the... For the rainbow, okay. so to speak. Okay. So the next one up to bat will be a Chardonnay. Ooh, okay. All right. Before we do that, let's take a quick break. We have a little bit of ad here about what we've got planned here on the Zombie Girls Network for October. And then we will get into talking about the old ones. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so perfectly timed. The old ones. <laughs> <laughs> This is really exciting. It's October. It is spooky season. We gotta do something special. Right, Ariel? Oh, yeah. We gotta step up our October game. So, for the month of October, we are going to be putting that awesome Discord perk at the $1 level. So, at the $1 level, you can join our Patreon. If you're already a patron and you're not on the Discord, baby, you are missing out. Hop on. Let's chat. We have some fun things planned for the month of October. We're going to be doing a group watch slash kind of lightweight league for season four of Dragula, which will be a lot of fun. It's on Shutter. We'll be watching it together. We'll be cheering on our favorite queens. We'll be placing some bets. There may be prizes. I'm just <laughs> saying. Uh, we also are probably going to do a group watch or two of different movies. And we're going to do a horror trivia night, too, which we're really excited about. We've done yes. that before, and they are so much fun. Yes. So, yeah, I so need to reclaim be- my crown. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget Christopher Walken's name again. <laughs> oh, that was a dark day in horror trivia history. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have so much fun doing things like that on the Discord. And so for this month, if you just join for a dollar, you get to get all of that good stuff. So for the month of October only, get in now at the $1 level and you can have Discord so that is our exciting news about patreon this month we hope that you'll join us and support us and hang out with us all right and we are back so before we get into this movie do me a favor and let our listeners know what our spoiler policy is here in case this is a first time listen to this podcast so our spoiler policy is that we plan on spoiling the entire thing we're going to talk about the entire thing so if you haven't seen it yet and you want to, but you don't want to know how it ends, then I would pause this podcast here, go watch the movie on Netflix, and then come back, and then listen to us uh, talk about it as we progressively drink more wine. Yes. And what do you think? Spoilers? What, does it, Do they matter on this one? What are you thinking? I would go unspoiled myself. Me Not too. necessarily because there's any sort of huge twist or huge reveal or anything, but it doesn't... I mean, I think this is one of those movies that it's never fully straightforward and where mm-hmm. it's going to go. You I expect it to zig it. and it zags. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. it's worth it to go in unspoiled on that. I think it would be a more enjoyable movie to watch if you aren't expecting, you know? I agree. I agree 100%. 
Awesome. Okay. So let me tell you a little bit about this movie. All right. It's the, it's called The Old Ways and it is directed by Christopher Allender and his prior horror credits doesn't actually have that many as a director. He did a film in 1999 called Memorial Day and he has done a handful of shorts since then and some TV. In fact, his most recent credit is uh, Muppets Now, which uh, I love, but was a bit of a twist having just seen this movie. Most of his horror cred is actually through his production company, Soapbox Films, which has in- he has produced films like Southbound, which is a really great anthology series if you've never seen it, The Mortuary Collection, another really great anthology collection if you've never seen it, and The Wind. Really? Yep. Our last episode. <laughs> I liked I liked the wind. I did too. I very much. I liked I've thought about it a lot since we watched it. I keep thinking about it. Like my opinion has been steadily positive. But like I feel like I'm definitely absorbing that movie and thinking about it a lot since we watched it. I can't really put my finger on it and I'm not on I'm honestly not just saying this, but I kind of it while I was watching the old ways, the wind kept coming to mind. And I wasn't sure why tonally they're very different. And it's well, not there's like... there's some demon wind in <laughs> There is some demon wind. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I just saw the word wind and I was like, ah, I also saw a movie that had that word in it. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both stories about... That are very much about women, right? And it's also female exper- experience. So there's some crossover there for sure. So, okay. He wrote co-wrote this with his writing partner, a gentleman named Marcos Gabriel. And what's interesting is that this movie is based partially on a true story. From the co-writer's mother. So the co-writer is from Puerto Rico. And he has a story that his mother told him about when she was a child. That one night she came downstairs and saw her dad in a giant metal tub. And they were hitting him with chicken feathers and chanting. And of course this terrified her. And so that story that she told him kind of stuck with him his whole life. And was the inspiration for this movie. Okay. Right? Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even though he his background is Puerto Rican, they decided on this part of Mexico to set the film. It takes place in, I guess, outside of Veracruz. Because in real life, that is a place where there's very much like a melting pot of different cultures. There's Afro-Caribbean influences and catechism is really big. But then also there is these Aztec and Mayan influences. All of these things kind of coming together. And there's... In that area, there's a place called Caramaco, which is known as the witchcraft capital of Mexico. She mentions that in this movie. Christina, the main character, she's like, just outside of Caramaco? Yes. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think so. We're probably butchering it, but I believe that's correct. So I guess you can go online. You can watch all these videos of different festivals that they have. They have one, this one really big festival they do every year. And people come and they lift curses or they do curses, but they also just kind of party and get tattoos and, and have a good time, right? There's all kinds of the festival activities you would expect, but there's also a lot of witchcraft that's taking place. So add that to the okay. bucket list, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, is, what does it say about me that I've now been like, yeah. I want to go to there? I mean, I'm very curious about it, except for I feel like there's a lot of animal sacrifice probably happening, mm. which is what bums me out about it. But everything else about that, I'm like, I want to go to there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see you that place. I'm curious. Yeah. So what, <laughs> what kind of blew my mind, though, is that they did shoot some of this actually in Puerto Rico, like the jungle stuff and the cave stuff, they drew their ideal version of what a La Boca would look like. And then they went and scouted 
locations. And basically the place they found, you could practically hold the picture up as like a transparent kind of thing. And it would perfectly match oh, the place spooky. they found. Right? Because they wanted oh, a place gosh. that looked like a mouth. And they found it. But most of the movie was actually shot on a soundstage in Burbank. Which oh. <laughs> blew my mind. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but that looks... That was a Authentic really good... hell. Yes! Right? Yeah. So, yeah. it's mostly what I have for it. I would say the only other thing that I read that was interesting is that depending on how well it does on Netflix, they are considering making a sequel to this film. So, <gasps> it's possible we have not seen the end of some of these characters. I'll leave it oh. at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. With that, is it time for our next pairing? What do you think? Yes. All right. I think so. Okay. I know. I'm just like dying to crack into this. So we're yeah, going definitely, Chardonnay, correct? I, yeah, because I definitely haven't been sipping on that Sauvignon Blanc this whole time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, as it's you not- can see, I'm already a little buzzed because I have I hardly ever drink and I have not really eaten today. I mean, I had a little something earlier, but I had like cauliflower pizza. So <laughs> there's not a oh. lot of absorption happening in my stomach right now. Just in my bloodstream. Okay. So here is the description of the Chardonnay. This bright Chardonnay unleashes aromas of pear and apricot with hints of nuts and vanilla. Yum. The palate is rich, slightly buttery, and has the perfect amount of toast. All right. Let's see. Oh, and so this is from California. And it's got a little bear on it. Oh. Oh, and his his made-up scientific name is Bacchus Ursus Americanus. Look at it. I like how he's examining the wine glass, too. Yeah. I feel like I'm as good a sommelier as he is. <laughs> I feel very represented by this drunk bear. <laughs> All right, so the Chardonnay and the Starburst. Oh, yes, another fruity joint for you. I mean, I don't know if it's because I just read it and it's placebo, but I feel like I can smell vanilla. Oh, I definitely can, Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so my Starburst package has orange and pink. What? Are, which? What about Ooh. you? Mine is red and pink. All right, so Shall which we one? both do pink? Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I have red and orange. <laughs> I just realized it says oh. cherry. It looks pink to me, but it says cherry. <laughs> so do you want to do Shall red? Both do, do red then. Yeah, let's do red. Yeah. Okay, that's my favorite Starburst flavor anyway. Is it? I mean, I... side note, side story. Okay. I eat a lot of Starburst because, like I said, I don't eat a lot of candy, but when I do, it's Starburst. And I've been making one of those Starburst wrapper chains, you know, where you fold up the little wrappers. Oh, to, to make shit. Lists. Yeah. And it, I've been working on this thing for years and it's seven feet long. And I don't know what my goal is here, but for some reason I just can't stop doing it. I think at this point now it's just to find out where this ends. Right. Well, I mean, you're a creative, right? Like if we're not making things and putting content into the world. What are we even doing? <laughs> right. Whether what am I even podcast, doing is Whether it's getting drunk on a podcast or making the Starburst chain. We the are infinite Starburst chain. Again, another title for the memoir. <laughs> what was the one we came up with today? Oh, I'm just sending spa covers to Australia. No one's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to sip the wine. Oh, I like that. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I really get that nut and toast flavor at the yeah, That's at the what end I okay. It. Yeah, it's not as fruity as the last one. It's more savory? Is that a thing that wine is? Mm-hmm. I think so. All right, I'm gonna try the Starburst. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up off the mics because I don't want to be chewing in people's ears. But like, I can see where the fruit, the Starburst, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. would complement because this is not a very fruity wine. Right. But, oh, I'm really loving that vanilla nut. This is gonna sound weird. Vanilla nut toast flavor. Uh-huh. I'm really liking that. Because mm-hmm. again, we talked about like I don't really super love really sweet wines. Right. I really love this Chardonnay though. 
So okay, like, that seems like the one. If we went wine tasting and I got that one, I'd be like, and I'm done wine tasting. I would just like a glass <laughs> of that, please. I think I I like the Sauvignon a little bit more, but I am not mad at this at all, at all. So let me ask yeah, you just I so think... for now and for future reference, because I don't know how this all works. Do you when you're doing the pairing? Do you drink the thing and then eat the candy and then drink the thing? Or do you want the thing is still in your mouth when you drink more of the thing? I do a little bit of both. A little bit of both? Okay. Cool. Like, I'll do drink the thing, eat the thing, drink the thing. And then I do a little bit of drink the thing while the thing's in my mouth. Okay. To, oh okay. My let me get a little more nibble. Because I'm not sure what the right way to do it is. So I'm just trying to cover all my bases. Just I guess. All, D, all of the above. Got it. I know I'm taking this too seriously right now. But... The Skittles with the Sauvignon Blanc make more sense because they're smaller. Mm -hmm. And because the Sauvignon Blanc had a little bit of fruit flavor on its own. Mm -hmm. So with the Skittle, it wasn't over. But it makes sense that the Starburst being larger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would go with the one that has no fruit flavor in it. So that it's that same balance kind of, but in different ways. I'm taking this far too seriously right now. (laughs) Imagine what it's going to be like when we get to wine five. We're going to be like, (laughs) pinkies up. And like, it tastes like red. Then the red is good. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So now, Marzi, why don't you tell me a little bit about this here movie film? So this movie hits the ground running twice at two points, I feel like. Yeah. In the very beginning, yeah. we get a scene that's a flashback of Christina as a little girl. Christina's our main character. As a little girl watching her mother undergo exorcism. And it's her mother kind of trying to keep her calm and telling her, don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Everything's going to be okay. And in the middle of saying, don't be afraid, the demon takes over in what actually, I watched the beginning of this movie twice. And I, the first time I watched it, when she transforms into the demon and she gets the eyes and the teeth, <laughs> I went, oh, damn. Like, it actually <laughs> got me. I jumped too. My cat, I had a cat on my lap. It was not, it was not thrilled with that. <laughs> I don't get gotten very often by things like that. That's the thing, is that everything leading up into that moment speaks to, well, she's going to change, right? Because we've watched exorcism movies before. We know that it's going to be sudden and in a moment when, you know, whatever. But the way it happens where you kind of see the glimmer in her eyes a mm-hmm. little bit change, and then all of a sudden, yeah. oh, it got me. It yeah. got me. <laughs> you got me, gal. but uh she changes into the demon it's horrifying it made me jump and scream oh damn at my computer and it she scratches christina's arm yes and when i say this movie hits the ground running twice because the very next scene is christina already kidnapped yeah yeah in the house which i'm not mad about no i really thought this movie was going to be a whole lot of exposition of her Getting the assignment from her boss and traveling, maybe some sort of heart to heart with a friend about, oh, how do you feel about going back to the country you were born in and things like that. And then her exploring and then get and then getting kidnapped. Right. I'm not mad that we start no. with her getting kidnapped because there is a lot of movie that happens after this. So I'm glad we didn't waste time. Yeah. This was the first of you think it's going to zig and it zags. Right. Right. And I appreciate so, an in-media res like this because it does right away set some interesting stakes because you have no idea what's going on it's like a total nightmare scenario yeah yeah so she's already kidnapped she's got a sack over her head and she's tied up in a room and one of our other main characters javi comes in and starts lighting candles and saying little prayers and christina's just kind of trying to ask him like do you speak english i'm not supposed to be here can you help me and javi for the most part is ignoring her but he removes the bag and that's when his mother Luz, who's a bruja Mm-hmm. comes in and she does her little examination and then proclaims she has it but as, as she's walking away so casually just, <laughs> she's got it which 
prompts Javi to start pouring again what at the time I didn't know was goat milk but I'm no less yeah. horrified after it having found out it was goat milk sick. yeah and I would be like okay I kept thinking if I were in Christina's position I would be terrified because I'd been kidnapped in a foreign country I'm in the middle of the jungle it's not like people can you know not like there's people walking by who can help me or whatever. I don't know why they have captured me. And then they pull out a grimy, unmarked jug and just start pouring its thick, viscous Milky contents. Viscous now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great word. <laughs> it's a great word, right? Yeah. I never get to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a good thing <laughs> yeah it's actually that's probably a good thing <laughs> yeah i i definitely was at this point wondering if the mars rule would apply or the ones that seem scary at first are the good guys and the ones that yeah seem, yeah so i was like hmm, let's see if this holds up and we'll decide I, at the end if that's the case and i a hundred percent you know he's not being aggressive towards her but he did ca- kidnap her and now right. he's pouring an unknown liquid down her throat and he's not being gentle about it yeah but i non-consensual honestly, goat milk is non-consensual goat yeah. milk, okay? like, <laughs> let's just put that out there right now yeah yeah but i mean mars rule was still kind of working its way in even yeah. if i wasn't like but i was like yeah i bet this guy's gonna turn out to be a good guy they're not a part of me was like and he's the villain mm-hmm. but again you know i don't know mars rule happened right, <laughs> regardless right. of whether i was conscious of it or not <laughs> uh, <laughs> so christina also you know she asks javi if he has her bag she needs her bag and she says she has a cousin named miranda contact miranda you know and neither request is fulfilled yeah, so he's asking her why she was at Laboka, and she is trying to explain that she's there for a story and that she was invited to go. So Javi leaves her in the room, and she's starting to look around, and there's drawings on the walls and things mm-hmm. like that, and it's just generally creepy. Oh, and she has, I was about to call him a chicken friend, but I don't know if friend is the right mm-hmm. word to use here. She's got a chicken roommate. AKA the moment where I immediately ran to, does the dog die? <laughs> the minute oh, there's an animal too, on screen, I'm like, hmm, Google. <laughs> Disappointing results, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, so Christina continues to be, you know, imprisoned in this room. She's got a chain around her ankle. She's trying to smash the chain with a rock, and we kind of get some some background of her exploring these caves in Laboka and something attacking her. Though it is unclear at this time what we can all make solid guesses, but <laughs> it's as yet movie. unrevealed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bat. Right. One, you know, the next day, you know, Javi brings her her toilet bucket, and she just kind of is, you know, resigned to being in this room. And then her cousin shows up, who she's very happy to see. And the cousin is just sort of asking her, like, why did you go to Loboca? I told you not to go there. I told you not to go there. And Christina's saying, like, well, but that's my job is to go places where people tell me not to go. And it's she kind of is starting to get the realization at this point that Miranda's not there to save her. Right. Because right? she's telling Miranda, just tell them that I'm not who they think I am. They're not whoever they're trying to get. Help me get out of here. Also, I really need my bag. And so Miranda leaves to go ask about the bag. She gets christina her bag because christina's saying like if you get me my bag i can show you what I'm, i can show them what i'm doing here but she pulls out her camera and just shows them pictures of the cave and the countryside and she's saying see there's no demons i skipped over the part where miranda tells her that the reason why she's there is because they think there's a demon in her yeah and she's going through the pictures and saying like see no demons no demons and while miranda and javi are out of the room discussing this christina pulls a bag a little case out of her bag and hides it mm-hmm. and then her cell phone starts to ring so she answered it and it's her you know her her boss carson 
And she's desperately trying to tell him that she's being held captive in a place, you know, she kind of tries to tell him in the jungle somewhere, and she's trying to get him to get help, and Javi takes the phone after not too long, and I don't, I mean, we find out later that Carson definitely made some decisions based on that call, but at this point, (laughs) we don't know if this worked out at all. So Christina now understands that Javi and Luz have are keeping her there because they think there's a demon in her. She does not believe there's a demon in her, and she's starting to, re- you know, realize that Miranda, whom she, in kind of a, I don't know how much I loved this part, you know, or the part where she g- goes to Miranda and starts to realize that Miranda believes, and she does the whole like, but you went to college, yeah. How can you believe in demons? You went to college. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't. That's rude. <laughs> okay but anyway so once christina's alone that night it turns out that she is a heroin addict and that's what her case is and that's why she was so desperate to get her bag because her her heroin was in there so she shoots up between her toes which is horrifying to me but you know right oh no i didn't even think about that i was so distracted by the intravenous drug use that i didn't even think about the foot aspect that's like a double whammo for you my dear yeah needles and between the toes oh god it's pretty rough it's pretty rough (laughs) that was a bad time that was a bad moment but she gets high and passes out and we get the scene where she's just kind of like it shows it's that little conversation with her boss aj bowen aka character's name carson and he's kind of questioning why she wants to take this take this job because it takes her back to this the place where she was born she never talks about it so he's a little concerned about her motives it also implies that he knows she's addicted to heroin because he's kind of like how are you doing you haven't slept in a while and she's like i'm doing good could be doing better you know and Mm -hmm. she leaves her fish with aj with that little sticky note please don't let me die her poor fish her poor fish (laughs) her poor fish but when she wakes she is in the midst of the first of a handful of exorcism ceremonies correct and this one kind of started out a little bit funny to me and then got very not funny but Mm -hmm. so she's she's tied down she's got some ceremonial blood painting on her her cousin miranda is translating what they're doing and she says that they're doing a ceremony that's going to allow her to see the demon and to reveal its name and once Luz knows which demon it is because apparently there's a lot running around these woods and so if she knows which one it is she'll be able to fight it better so you know they're doing their thing and then they all leave and christina i this is why this was why it kind of started out funny where she's laying there and she's like okay all right and then she fakes, she tries to fake seeing a demon, yeah. and she's just like, oh, God, it's so horrible. It's a big, horrible thing. It's so bad. Oh, <laughs> oh like, no. You are not selling this at I know. all. <laughs> but I do kind of love that her whole thing was like, all right, got to lean into it. If I let them believe they've exercised me, then I can leave. So I'm just going to, yeah, I, I, I do definitely see it. Right. It's absolutely here. In reality, yes. But nobody comes to help her. Nobody responds to it. So she's kind of just like, well, fuck. And then she starts to hear noises. And the first of several signs happens where two snakes appear. Mm -hmm. And these do not, these are not garter snakes. Oh, no. I don't know my snakes. I know there are a lot of big snakes that are not necessarily venomous. Mm -hmm. A big snake can bite you and it can hurt like a son of a bitch. But So I don't know what kind of snake this was, but it did not look like the kind of snake that I would want to be around. I do not. I definitely don't want it on my face. Yeah. No. 
But they, so she starts screaming about there being snakes and nobody comes to her aid for the longest time until Javi runs in with a burlap sack and bags both snakes. And this is the first time where Lou's using that red paint or blood or whatever it is. And she leaves a handprint over a symbol on the wall right. of two snakes. And so you start to realize the significance of all of these symbols, that it's a way to track the signs to know. like yeah. But I thought it was, I loved that, that in the beginning, you're just like, oh, okay, it's a bunch of symbols and things, whatever, on the wall. And I didn't really think about it. I just thought, set deck, you know, it's just a, you know. But then as soon as she marks the two snakes, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then the more you see that room, and you see all the symbols yeah. on those walls, and you're just like, okay. So this is a checklist. I will say that gotcha. we were talking about how this wasn't shot in, like, a soundstage in Burbank. This set is dope. Yeah, it is real cool, and part of it, it looks... is all of these symbols on the walls are really creepy. After understanding what they were for, and as we go through the movie, and we see more and more getting marked off or whatever, it almost made me pay more attention to the ones that weren't, mm -hmm. because then I was like, "Oh my god, there are a lot of you know." But it mm -hmm. seemed almost like a process of elimination, where it was almost like, "All right, so this demon, this demon, this demon." First sign is always two snakes, so we know it's not you know. It was like a game of Clue, yeah, but scary. <laughs> Yeah. Should we do another wine? Oh, is it time for another wine? I don't know. I don't know how to time them. So are we going rosé? What do you think? Yes. All right. So here's the description of the rosé. This light crisp rosé is dry in style with a fresh dainty nose of raspberry and strawberry. The palate is balanced with notes of apple, peaches, rose, and rose petals. The grapes were all organically grown in the south of France. And our little our little mascot for this one is a little flamingo. Oh, are flamingos from France? Apparently. I, thought, I was like, is it Florida? <laughs> <laughs> I think those are just plastic flamingos, though. <laughs> I mean, I think there are true flamingos there, but I like the idea of a French flamingo, right? And his little his little name is I can I'm not going to pronounce this. Francois the flamingo. Oh no, phonocopterous bacchanal. Oh, and he's also drinking with his feet. So bird feet are acceptable, right? Just not human yeah, cause, feet. Yeah, because yeah, it's I mean all most animal feet, right? Because I know you're chimpanzee you're down feet with, freak me out. Yeah, those are a little too a little too familiar. All right, so let's take a little sniffy sniff. Okay, very light. I'm not really smelling nothing too strong. I guess a little fruitiness. I really huff it. Okay, cool. And then we're pairing this with Twizzlers, Twizzler nibs to be specific. I've never had Twizzler nibs before, although I've had plenty of It's been a long time since I've had a Twizzler of any kind. Where do you stand on the Twizzler versus Red Vines? Debate? Oh, Red Vines, 100%. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that, you know, we're family here, you know. <laughs> I would say the color of this is very pretty. It's, yeah. It's very, it very rose pretty. gold. I'm very into it. Oh, that's nice. That's dangerous. Ooh, and you know what? I'm not a rosé person, but I might be becoming a rosé person. So here's the thing with this is it's not the flavor is very like it says it's very delicate and that is accurate. Usually, I'll be honest, I read Ooh, the descriptions yeah. of wines and I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. But this is very light, which is nice and also extremely dangerous. <laughs> oh, there's super no dangerous. pushback from this beverage. You could definitely enjoy quite a bit of it. Mm, it's nice with the Twizzler. It is. And you know what? I'm not mad about the Twizzlers. Normally I'm a Red Vines girl, but. Oh, you know, I knew that the sort of the gimmick of this was it's Halloween. And so it's sort of like silly with the candies. But I actually feel like they put some thought into this because these are pairing quite like, nicely. Really well, right? Surprisingly I really feel like this well. not a random thing. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> All right, Wander and Ivy. I see you. So this is actually a set that you can purchase, apparently. Oh, yeah. I've already made the decision that I'm buying another set. Oh, really? That's- yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's also like... 100%. It's like a really good gift, too, right? Well, that's the thing. My mom has a birthday. Mm. And I was at a complete loss as to what to get her because mm-hmm. it was like, I, I usually default to just cutesy Halloween because she collects Halloween decorations. Cute. She loves Halloween. She loves October. Cute. It's her birthday month, mm-hmm. you know? But I'm like, at some point, it's, it's I can't just keep giving her Halloween decorations, right? right? So... And now I'm looking at this and I'm like, she does love wine, but she drinks the smallest amount as her like before bed treat. Oh, kind of this will be perfect. This is perfect because she always feels so bad opening a whole bottle because she knows that she, she's not going to drink it fast enough. So she's always like, please drink this one. I opened it. You're like, you know? oh, no. Yeah. Don't I'm like, oh, put this burden for upon you. Me. For you. The, the, my life bringer. Yes, I guess I will finish your bottle of wine for you. So this is a very sweet story and very selfish of you. My thought was this makes a good gift because you get to drink it again. <laughs> I was like, get it for Hurley and then you guys can hang out and drink it again. <laughs> but I do think, yeah, I think your mom would love this. She'd be so into the bottles too. Oh, I mean, she is. I mean, you've, I've definitely told this story when my uh-huh. my precious mother found... <laughs> The empty Jägermeister bottle <laughs> on a walk. I love her. And, like, oh, and be, she brought it home. She was like, I just found, I think it might be an antique. Oh, it is she's so, so beautiful. And I can't, it's in a foreign language. I don't even know what this is. And then she pulls out this dirty, disgusting Jaeger bottle. And I was like, oh. Mom, that was a it, series of bad decisions. And I'm like, that. Well, you're not wrong about one thing. That is a foreign language, yes, but um, and the bottle is pretty. It is like and the bottle is pretty. Yeah, the bottle is pretty. And I was like, it is a it is a pretty bottle. It is in a foreign language. It's definitely not an antique. And I can guarantee you that the reason why you found it is because either high school kids, college kids, or maybe a lucky group of homeless people shared that in the park (laughs) and then abandoned the bottle. This is not. A beautiful. And she was like, "Well, what is Jaeger?" Then I was like, "It's like a licorice based. Technically, it's a liqueur." And she was like, "Ooh!" And I was like, "Nope, not that kind of sound. That's not the sound that goes with Jaeger." Yeah. It is either a, the results of a series of bad decisions or the origin of a series of bad decisions. There are never good decisions made around a Jaeger bottle. No. Although I have definitely had a great time whilst in the presence of a Jaeger bottle. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it's a rite of passage thing, honestly. Right? The summer of Jaeger bombs is, I can taste that summer and the acid <laughs> reflux that came with it. But oh, it I had a still great a very time. vivid memory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where were we? So it's at this point where Christina's really starting to realize that Miranda actually does believe in this. And Miranda brings her books basically she's like oh we, i just wanted to in case you wanted to know what it is that's inside of you and she brings her books and a spanish english to spanish dictionary and christina at this point is just very like are you kidding seriously this is a bit much this is getting to be a bit much and you know we kind of get some some family background where miranda's kind of like you want to call me family but you haven't even tried to be here for 20 years and i think at this point you know the implication is that Christina doesn't fully remember or has suppressed the memory of her mother's exorcism right. because it's not until later that we start to see a fuller picture of it, at, which at the same time is when Christina is also getting a fuller 
understanding of what's happening to her and is starting to really believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at this point, she's just kind of like, this is not my culture anymore. And Miranda says, you don't even speak Spanish anymore. And she also brings her a little doll yeah. thing. Yeah, like a little handmade that- doll. Yeah, that she said their grandmother used to make for all of them to protect them against the evil spirits, and this is the one that used to belong to Christina, and she saved it. And um, it, it gets it gets I'm, a little contentious because Christina scratches Miranda. Yeah, and kind of starts really just squeezing the hell out of that doll. Yeah, and not really realizing she's doing it. Uh-huh. I mean, there's a scene where she's starting to hear like disembodied screams, mm-hmm. and she sees the little boy. And Which, she sees a chicken get killed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess that's... Is that coming up? No, it's already happened. That? It's okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. So, yeah. So, she's hearing disembodied screams in her sleep. She sees a little boy that... I mean, I'm not going to... I almost texted you uh-huh. when I saw a little boy. And I almost texted you like, wouldn't it be a bitch if the boy is the demon? <laughs> I will say, I do think they do a pretty good job with the boy, right? Yeah. Because there's a reveal later. But because... At, when he's introduced, everyone is such a stranger that nothing is suspicious because everything's suspicious. And because he he they don't have him be creepy child. No. They just have him be curious boy who wants to stare at the prisoner. Correct. You know? Correct. And it feels like, oh, maybe this kid's going to show up in the third act and let her out. You know what I mean, there are certain tropes that he can fall into that sort of subvert your expectations about when when you get the reveal, which I think is another way that this movie kind of caught me off guard. But apparently yeah. only half caught you off guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I almost texted you and I was like, nah, that's dumb. It's dumb. Too too early to call that. And then, anyway, we'll get to it. But, uh, so Christina's starting starting to experience some, some spooky demon stuff. Yeah. And at one point she's sleeping and her blanket gets snatched off of her and it wakes her up and she... Looks to where the blanket is is now laying on the floor, and there's blood starting to seep through. It reveals the murder of her chicken roommate, which was... It took me a minute to realize it was just blood-covered feathers, because for a minute it just looked like it was inside out or something. Yeah, it was upsetting. Not a fan. Yeah. Especially since it kept making little noises, so that thing was not fully dead. So! Basically, the rule of this movie is, if you see an animal, you're probably going to see it die. <laughs> yeah yeah that essentially i mean the only there's one animal survivor and we only i didn't even know there was a goat until the very end oh right i mean like, i guess the milk had to come from somewhere but that is a very productive goat <laughs> you don't i know oh my god that goat you'd think there would have to be a flock of goats to fill a giant because it's not like a gallon jug which would already be pretty productive right? a lot for a goat but it was, I, think, I don't even know what you would describe that jug as Big. It was. <laughs> it looked like the kind of thing that you keep, like when you go to Costco and you buy the big, big olive oil. You right. know, where it's like this is your olive oil for the rest of your life. Yes, very that. You know, yeah, or yeah, you yeah. keep gasoline in this. That's jug what I was or thinking about. Like it feels you know? like an industrial jug of some kind. Yeah, you get your yeah. freon in that jug. Or and, but, I mean, the goat, you don't even see the goat until the end. So, really, I think that goat's decision to stay scarce is probably what saved its life at this point. Indeed. But, yeah. So, after her chicken roommate gets murdered, she, with nothing else to do, she starts deciding she's going to read these books, I guess, that she made jokes about earlier. And Miranda had said that she'd marked the page of the one that they think is inside of her. So, she's 
reading through and there's a fan that keeps blowing out her candles. Mm-hmm. And so eventually she stops the fan. But then when she starts reading the page about the demon that they think is possessing her inside of her or whatever it is, and there is no fan, her candle blows out. And then the candles start blowing out everywhere and there is no wind. And she pulls out her lighter and is trying to light up this dark corner where something is happening and then a wind blows from behind her. And I think maybe this is where I started thinking about the wind because there was so much wind. (laughs) It's a very windy movie. Indeed. It's a very windy movie. And at this point, she sees something in the corner. It wasn't even that she didn't want to believe. She just straight up didn't believe in demons, didn't believe in possession, didn't believe that any of this was happening. And she's starting to get, she's starting to experience things that are leaving her believing Mm -hmm. in this stuff. Next morning, she wakes up. She does glimpse the little boy in the jungle, but, you know, he's kind of skulking. Creeping and peeping. And Miranda comes in to tell Christina that they're going to perform what they call a psychic surgery. Yeah. And I had problems with this scene. And there were two scenes in this movie that I had problems with, and this was the first one. Problems with because it was upsetting to look at, or you took issue with something about... Because it was upsetting to look at. Okay, because you know this is a thing, right? No. This is a thing. You can watch videos of this shit. What? There's lists of the craziest things that people have pulled out of other people during psychic surgeries. What? This is not a movie invention. This is a thing what? that people supposedly can do is to reach inside your body psychically and pull objects out of them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a whole there's a whole thing about psychic surgery. Okay, so a couple of things are now making more sense to me. (laughs) Okay. So, for those of you that don't know and have never seen a psychic surgery, it is apparently, as Rachel described, psychically pulling things out of a body. But in this movie, it's a lot less psychic and a lot more physical. But I had questions, but now they are When she pulls her hands out and it's, like, healed, that's because it was more metaphysical. Than it was physical. Basically, the scene is that Luz is performing the psychic surgery where she's pulling objects out of Christina's body. And I had, this was the first time not knowing this was a real thing or how it worked or what exactly I was looking Mm at actually pulled me out of the movie because first of all, it just starts with Luz and her blunt fingers just slipping so easily into Christina's body. And I was like, that seems not real. That seems really unreal. That doesn't seem like that would work that way. And the first time she does it, Christina is so casual about it where she's just like, oh, ow, oh, ew, what is that? You know? And I was like, I would I would be much more involved mentally and emotionally if someone had just bluntly dug their way into my body and pulled out a tiny skin sack of teeth. Mm. I, would, I would be much more affected by this. Makes more sense now that you're telling me that this is an actual thing and that it's more metaphysical psychic kind of yeah. than physical. I can send because you then- a peer-reviewed paper from PubMed.gov about someone who watched a psychic sur- surgery take place by a healer in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that someone wrote a yeah. <laughs> medically recognized paper on witnessing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So they do these without anesthesia psychic surgeries. Oh, my God. Okay. Honestly, I'm 50-50 torn. I do want to see that, but also I'm scared of how the person I will be. I'm also scared of the person I will become after having seen that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a thing. So 
the first psychic surgery that happens, Luz pulls out a tiny skin sack of teeth of really bizarre If you've teeth. watched any Dr. Pimple Popper, it looks very oh. much, sorry, it looks very much like when she pulls out like a cyst that is whole still. Oh, and then she does exactly what Luz does, which is to cut it open so you can see what's inside the cyst. But in this case, it's a bunch of freaking teeth. It's a bunch of freaking teeth. Really scary demon teeth, too. Demon teeth teeth are kind of rad. Yeah, but then she makes Luz makes the realization that she needs to go deeper. Now, again, one of the things that pulled me out was how casual Christina was about this, where she was just kind of like, ooh, 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 oh, what is that? Oh, gross, icky, you know? And I was like, I'd be much more alarmed right. if I were in your position. Right. And also, I assume, in a lot more pain. But, and again, I didn't understand what I was looking at, so when they went back and there was no wound on her yeah. body, and I was like, wait, what even am I watching? I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I was like, this is not making any sort of sense and i just I ex- you know when you just sort of accept things in order yeah to you're like witchcraft move forward. Sure. yeah and i was like oh what a- okay fine i guess i'll accept that whatever i'm seeing is happening i don't know makes more sense now now that you've explained to me that this is a thing this but is very much a thing the second Ooh. psychic surgery attempt goes much deeper and is much more painful and she pulls out a tentacle kind of thing and it's Luz and Javi trying to pull this thing out of Christina's body Christina is now in a lot of pain Miranda is seriously regretting having shown up to this and they lose the tentacle that's the worst part when the tentacle slips out of Luz's hand and goes back because now she knows it's in her oh god (laughs) see that's that skin crawly feeling it's this thing I have like we've talked about this before how I have like a very visceral reaction to splinters and things because it makes me want to throw up knowing that there's something inside of my body that shouldn't be there and I can only imagine having seen them pull a seemingly animate tentacle out of my stomach and then losing grip on it and having it go right back in. I don't know. I don't know how I don't, I don't know how I'm moving on from that. That's awful. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. What I love about this is that it really kind of also gets at this idea of the, the demon being a parasite. Yeah. And that she is infected by this Paris. You hear that. You understand it like on a spiritual level of the demon feeding. But I I love the way that they actually kind of make it very concrete with this. Is it a worm? Is it a snake? Is it a tentacle? Whatever it is, is it is a physical form of some sort of parasitic creature inside her body. It was just, I don't know that I've seen that before. And I've seen a lot of demon possession movies. I think maybe well, the possession is maybe the closest to it, or we, you know, get the MRI. Is stuff. that the one with the MRI? Yes, that one's yeah. so good. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's actually what just came to my mind too. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what movie it was, but I was like, oh, but what about the what we did with? The I mean, MRI I wanted to watch a whole ass movie just to see that freaking MRI. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good though. That's yeah, it's great. I've never seen anything it's like that great. before. That was good. Ooh, so creepy. Oh God. Okay. So, post-psychic surgery, Christina's having an understandably difficult time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get more dialogue between her and her cousin Miranda, more about family things and, like, don't you remember and all all that kind of stuff. And I think this is where Christina scratches her on accident. Maybe. 
anyway, she scratches her at some point in this movie. That's a thing that happens. But Christina is now like, this is more and more becoming more real for her. And so she's alone in her room. She's reading more about this demon and she's, you know, trying to learn what its name is and read about it and things when she starts hearing sounds. And those sounds are coming from where that doll is set up on a shelf. So, With, like, the creepiest altar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she throws her heroin kit at it, thinking it's thinking it's the doll that's making the sounds when really it's a rat. And so she... I kind of love that she made that face like, oh, my God, I almost just hit a rat? Oh, like... Yeah. She was almost like, oh, oh, my God, I just almost beamed a rat. Oh, God. You know, I'm glad I did, you know. And so the rat... Climbs down into the room and it's running across the floor and it passes by a shadow and a hand comes out and just smushes the hell out of it. Sure does. And it scares Christina. But then what becomes worse is when she sees she sees it smushed and then all of a sudden it's in her hands and it's all smushed. Uh-huh. I loved this. It's gross and I'm sorry about the rat, but I was not expecting no, 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 any no, no, part no, of no, that. No, 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 no. As soon as the rat made it to the ground and was running across the room, I was like, oh yeah, that you're you're minutes are numbered for sure that rat's gonna die yeah. but i did not think it was gonna happen like that no. and i did not think it was gonna end up in christina's hands no. <laughs> so christina starts screaming and freaking out and throws the rat body which it gets hobby into the room and as he's you know she's pointing into the the darkness into the shadows and she's saying there's something there it's in there and hobby is you know doing his rituals to make the demon leave and he's saying like you're not welcome here when christina she makes a series of decisions. She sure does. And she leaps onto Javi's back, stabs him with her syringe needle, and then chokes him into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Steals his keys, unlocks herself, locks him up. I was scared he was dead. Me too. Because that's normally what would happen here, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he wasn't. Because actually, like, as much as he hasn't done anything yet in this movie to show his character, or to be any sort of sympathetic character, he's mostly just been present during things. When I thought he was dead, I was... A little bummed yeah but, i mean he's he's compelling he's interesting he's mysterious and i'm yeah i'm very interested in both those characters so so i was also kind of bummed when i thought he was de- he was dead and relieved yeah. that he wasn't yeah i am glad that he wasn't but so she switches out you know she chains avi up and then she's trying to get out of the house she makes it to the threshold and there's force field and full she can't supernatural get action because there's a salt line <laughs> they have made a <laughs> i was like oh as soon as she started bending face. down when we got to the bottom i was like oh, line of salt it's a line of salt folks <laughs> she's not making it through that door it was i loved it yeah i loved it it was kind of cool to see i don't know that i've ever seen it from that side i mean you see the demons trying to get in or whatever in the show plenty of times i like the idea the way they visualize kind of the force field was cool yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved that. I feel like it's one of those things that so easily could have looked cheesy or cheap or goofy or something, but I loved the way they do it. Or it's just that iridescent, not even just the way it looked, where it was that iridescent, like it, you can't see it till she's trying to get through and then you can, you can see the, the, you know, force field. Yeah. But then the fact that it had a physical effect on her. Yeah. And I love that because, again, watching Supernatural and all those things, you think you only see it from the I'm not a demon side of the salt. Yeah. And so to see 
what exactly a demon would be experiencing trying to cross a line of salt and the fact that it's not just oh it can't but then watching her get sick and feel out of breath and feel like she's gonna throw up and things like that Uh i really loved and i know it's not like a big part of this movie this whole salt force field thing but i it's a turning point for her though right because at this point there's no denying it yeah there is something inside of her body that cannot pass that line of salt so she ends up collapsing to the floor and this is the second scene that really really (laughs) this one's pretty bothered (laughs) oh and it just kept kept going going. (laughs) i've seen this before i've seen it in the ring i've seen something similar in uh raw but never have i seen it go on this long it was so prolonged i watched it and i was like okay you're fine deep breaths you're good you're good. And then the longer it went on, the more I was like, okay. To be clear, just, she's you're pulling fine. just feet, feet, yards, yards of hair out of her mouth. Of hair. I mean, I already, when I have to clean out, you know, the tub drain or the sink yeah. drain, and it's only my hair yeah. and, you know, whatever. I still, there are times where I'm like, a hundred percent. It's fine. It's fine. And that's a hair clog. That's it's fine. Whatever. It gets me, but I under- it's a small amount. It's not forever long. But Christina collapses and just starts pulling yards of hair out of her mouth. <laughs> and from... Oh my god. And then when she's done and she still has that foot-long gooey spittle string. Yes. Oh, and then Luz god. comes in and smells it. <laughs> yeah, I just picks it up and smells it and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's demon hair. Like, I got, you know, and all I could think, all I could think. Luz comes in, picks up the hair, smells it, and then we cut to a scene where she's handing her a glass of goat's milk, and the hand she touched the hair with was touching the drinking edge of the glass. No. And I was like, she best have washed that hand. I swear to God, if she's one of those, and you know, you meet those people who are just not that creeped out by germs and those stuff. Are not, and like, those are not, those people are not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I could think is like having that panicked, like, I don't want to be rude, but I just watched you touch the edge of that glass with the same hand that you picked up the demon hair that I just vomited. I did not see you wash in between. All right, we need a palate <sighs> cleanser. Don't you think? Yeah, I think it's time. I think it's time. All right, what are we doing? Are we doing cab, cab or red wine we blend? We are moving to the red wine blend. Ooh, okay. Red wine blends are one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I think I had one with you when we were in Portland, right? One of the, the yeah, things we got. Yeah, it's one of the ones that I get. I think I I think I think picked up the one that... Oh, yeah, because I picked all the ones. Yeah. It is one that I drink regularly. Okay, so this one is Ooh, from Valencia, This is Spain. my challenge. Made from organically grown grapes, the Spanish blend of red fruit aromas, settled toasted notes. It's a medium-bodied, fresh balance on the palate with hints of chocolate and spice. Now, that sounds like it's going to be for me. And our uh, our little yeah. buddy along for the ride is a bull, the Bacchus Bovum. <laughs> and I I mean I'm not trying to say that I feel aligned with this. I am a Taurus. Oh, that's I do true. Bull tattoo. I do love bull things. Yes. This is also my ultimate challenge. Yeah, this so. one's going to be a tough one for you. Not for me because this is a favorite, but uh, for you. We're going to be having a Reese's peanut butter cup. How are you feeling about that? It's a Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm actually kind of excited. It might be the three wines that led up to this. It it doesn't (laughs) hurt that we were built towards this. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to smell the wine. Smells good. Smells really good. Smells really good. 
the rosé, you had to really kind of get your nose in there to smell it. This one has a little bit of bolder fragrance. Ooh. Mmm. This does that thing in my, in my mouth that I like that wine does sometimes where it makes your tongue feel a little... That dry? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also not bitter. It's pretty, pretty yeah. mellow. Red wine is my favorite, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can get a little sweet and a little too heavy on the berry. Mm-hmm. This is not like that. This is very dry. It's very good. All right. I'm about to have some Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, no. Poor me. <laughs> the things we do for this show. Mm, yum. Okay. The taste, I mean, the peanut butter cup tastes good. The wine tastes good. All of the above are good. So now I got to do the combo. I don't know if it's just because candy is good and wine is good, but oh, this is all working for me. <laughs> I'm. All right. How are you doing okay, over there? I know this is going to shock you. Oh, okay. I'm loving the fuck out of this Reese's peanut butter cup right what? now. Oh my God. Chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. It's the best oh combination in the world. <laughs> oh my God. And it's so creamy. It's so creamy. See? Sometimes. I really did save the wrapper because I was like, I'm not going to eat this whole thing. It's almost gone. This thing is almost it's, gone. They're delicious. They're my favorite. So because of this show, I have now have a better understanding of clowns. Yes. And I think I might be, in, I mean, at the very least, I'm into Reese's peanut butter cups. They're I don't know so if delicious. I can expand all the way to peanut butter, but. I mean, I think you should explore your peanut butter options. I don't think you have to, de- I don't think you have to declare a peanut butter stance. You can be a little somewhere on the spectrum of peanut butter. That's fine. But I think. I mean, I think at this. If your body is telling point, you it wants a peanut butter and jelly, you should give it to it. Just to see what happens. I really do, too. It's weird. I really crave a peanut butter and jelly. I've never wanted a peanut butter and jelly before. But lately, it's all I can These think These are about. strange times we're living through, okay? I don't know. I don't know. These are just Yeah, maybe times. this is like a stress reaction where it's like, look. Nothing we've normally done has made this better. We're going to start. We're, we're trying, expanding. We're pulling out all the stops. <laughs> Your body was like, fine, whatever. We'll try milk. Milk. You know what would be good with this peanut butter cup? Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I have issues. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I really cups. do love this red blend. Oh, it's though. so good. I know, right? Okay. So way to go, Wander and Ivy. Another winner, winner. I mean, honestly... I think between the Sauvignon Blanc and the Chardonnay, I liked the Sauvignon Blanc better. Yeah. But that by no means, by no means means that I didn't like the Chardonnay. Yeah. I mean, I... I'm loving all of these. This is not fair. I'm supposed to only like cheap wine. I know, right? <laughs> and then every once in a while, I try like an actual good wine, a quality wine. And I'm Damn like, it. Oh. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, okay. If... I, I think at the end of this, we should rank them for sure. Now, Ooh, okay. I mean, it's a sliding scale of enjoy. But I definitely still have a, I had definitely have a front runner and I have one that I probably, if I saw this on the shelf and they were all on the shelves, it would be the last one I would grab. But if somebody poured me a glass of it, I would still be happy to drink it. So we'll, we have one wine left. God, how do we go through these so fast? We have one wine left and then we'll, we'll do a definitive ranking. And then I think you need to pair this movie with one of these wines. What do you think? Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm game. All right, cool. All right. Where were we? I don't know. Well, I have the movie in front of me, so I can tell you. <laughs> so she talks to the... Uh, oh, she's trying to... Javi yeah, comes so, out now uh, awake. Sorry, yeah. I just got back to where we were. I just remembered. So after Luz touches the hair and then gives 
Christina a glass of goat's milk, which they are big on the goat's milk. Javi comes in and he's not dead. Hooray. But he's, you know, pretty upset. And <laughs> a little grumpy. Luz tells him, you know, she gives him some some very wise mantra about forgiveness. Yeah, there's peace and forgiveness. And I was like, yeah, true. I should probably practice some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he sits down and Christina is apologetic. She gives him the rest of her goat milk. And he sits down with her and he's trying to iodine his own stab wound from Christina's syringe needle. And she gets up and helps him. And then she asks him to hand her a Band-Aid. And that's when she realizes he does understand English. And I do love this where she's like, so you understood me the whole time? Would have been good to know. And he's kind of like, yeah, I loved that his implication was, but if you had known, then you wouldn't have stopped talking I know. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Javi's kind of a goat, dude. Right? <laughs> Pretty into Javi. I I love it. I love it. And I mean, he says it, you know, in more polite words, but I love his like, yeah, but if you had known, you wouldn't stop. And talking she's just kind of like, like, mm. like, yeah, that's there's a shade of truth to that. <laughs> and uh, so they're kind of just she's getting more background on Javi and Luz and about, you know, what they're doing out there and and what they're up to. And I love that he pulls out the dominoes. So they're playing dominoes together while he talks about the demon that possessed his father and that his mom couldn't get it out. And so his father basically committed suicide in a river in order to protect them from the demon and how these are the old ways and they die with his mother because, you know, she asks him like, are you going to take this up after your mother? And he said, no, the old ways die with her. And then he makes a very cryptic comment because they've come to a, Oh, what do you call it? When nobody can make a move. But anyway, they come to a place with the dominoes where neither of them can make a move. And he makes that cryptic like, and now we are out of moves. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at this point, Christina's now, she's on board. I, You know, she's fully believing and she's into, you know, they don't chain her up again after this. We get sort of that quintessential montage of Luz preparing for these this exorcism ritual. And Christina is... She's putting her hair up in a bun so she can clean out the room she's staying in and she can she's doing her research and we kind of get what I think is a is a more interesting and frankly more bearable version of the research montage because it didn't every time we get that research montage in another movie where they're just like it shows them at the library over and over again and in the house looking at clues whatever it's kind of like okay I get it so we're doing a bunch of stuff but this one felt a little I don't know this one felt bearable mm -hmm. or felt more interesting or something mm -hmm. and we are seeing that christina is fully in this and she's learning about this demon she's learning about other demons she's using the english to spanish dictionary and i mean it is it is a way of cutting cutting through time of you know an ex an exposition and things but it it didn't feel just like oh okay so here we are we're doing this then mm -hmm. but christina comes across a ritual that she wants to try, and it's called the Broken Man. And Javi and Luz don't want to do it because they say it's dangerous and it's powerful and it's painful and they don't want to do it. But she's saying, like, but if we can make it real, basically her, her selling point is if we can get it out of me and make it real, then we can destroy it, right? Mm -hmm. And they decide to do it. And I think also it has to do with this is a ritual that they have to do with her consent. This is not something that they previously when she was fighting them on everything and not believing there was a demon in her. And they had to tie her down and just do things with her, you know, begging them not to. This is not a ritual that they would have been able to do that without her participation. It's also extremely dangerous as we see. Yeah. 
I yeah. this is again another place where this movie really caught me off guard where I was not necessarily expecting them to team up. Yeah, exactly. I love a possession movie, but it's rare to feel like something you see something fresh or unexpected. There is a very particular formula. So when it a movie a possession movie deviates from that, I feel like it really stands out. It feels really fresh. And one of those things I was not expecting was the joining forces against the demon. Yeah, well, usually the possessed party is so physically deteriorating from the, the demon that they are unable to do anything. They have no agency. Be- this is a rare yeah. demon possession movie where the possessed is an active participant both in the action, but also in, in the, the resolution of it. In the problem yes. solving, in the research, in yes. the planning. Yes. And I love, I actually loved that. It's a thing, again, yeah, I agree. It's a thing that I've not seen before where the possessed party is actually someone who's actively involved in finding the solution Mm -hmm. and doing the research and coming up with ideas and things like that. And I actually loved it. I loved that aspect of the whole time she's doing this research, there is a demon in her. Yes. And she is fully, like, she's cleaning out her room. She's making sort of what I think is her, in case this doesn't work, she makes that goodbye video with... Miranda, where she's just sort of giving a tour of her room and explaining why she came there. And I I think there is like that implication that she just wants a record of why she was there and what she was doing in case it doesn't work out. You know, she's able to be a participant in her own exorcism. And she's the one who brings the idea to Luz and Javi of performing Mm -hmm. the broken man ritual. I love that. I think I haven't seen that no, before. No, I mean, it's always a damsel in distress situation. Rarely do you get to see them like stay actively. the central character. It is always, the stories are typically about all of the people surrounding the possessed person and about what it says about them internally and their their battle with faith or whatever the case may be. But in this case, she is our central character and she remains our central character all the way through the exorcism and beyond. Yeah, I love it. Yep, yep, yep. So she convinces... Luz and Javi to perform the Broken Man ceremony, which is one of the more magical scenes. It's one of the first truly magical scenes that we mm-hmm. see. Yeah, we get some demon action, we get the psychic surgery, but like this is involves Luz performing a ritual where she hammers a nail into a little wooden, you know, twig structure and it hammers a psychic nail through christina's hand Mm -hmm. and it nails both her palms and her feet to the floor in sort of a you know christ on the cross kind of position and then they perform this ceremony trying to drive the demon out of her and she does some crazy back bends yeah it looks real insane it's like i know it probably was just the way a body moves but because they added joint popping Mm -hmm. sounds it made her shoulders Mm -hmm. look like they were coming out of sockets and things (laughs) it was a lot it was a lot and Christina, I don't know, blacks out, goes somewhere else. We hear Luz's voice saying, you are going to see a lot of things. And she's back at La Boca going into the cave. And we get a more extended vision quest sort of yeah. in here mm-hmm. where she comes across the kind of worn out sticky note that she left on her fish tank, the please don't let me die note. Mm-hmm. And then she sees the little boy. And she follows the little boy around the corner, but he's gone. And then she sees the demon, and it scratches the shit out of her face. It and sure that's does. When she, that's when she wakes up, and they're asking her, what did you see? And she's saying, like, I saw the demon. And they're saying, this is the first time he's shown himself to you. And she says, and I saw the boy. And this, and, okay, so what I first thought 
what if it's the boy? I didn't say anything because I was like, well, that's dumb. It's probably not the boy. And then, but there's a part of me that kept waiting for the what boy conversation. Right. The, like, what boy scene. Right. So she goes, and I saw the boy. And they're like, the boy. And then she's like, the boy lives around here. And this was the what boy yeah. scene. Yeah. I, I do think that this was done pretty well, too. Because then they're just like, do you see him now? And then he's like, oh, peeking through the grates of the door. It's so creepy. Yes. <laughs> oh, I loved it when they didn't even go into like, what boy? What boy? Tell me what boy. Yeah. They're just like, a boy? And then when they, it, without words, like they all kind of realized what that meant. And then it was just, do you see him now? Mm-hmm. And she does. He's standing on the other side of the door. And then he screams with his demon teeth and the door slams shut and they realize that they're trapped in there. Javi can't open the door to get out. And, oh God, and when uh, Miranda turns around, she just sees the hand on the bottom gripping onto the bed that frame. Is and then hella it, creepy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. But then, like, I also realized that was the shift because at first, Christina was the only one who saw the boy in the doorway, then the door slammed shut. And for everybody else, it would have just looked like nothing, and the door slammed shut. Yeah. But then because Miranda can see the hand on the bed, yeah. and says, like, oh, it's there. And I'm, and then Javi, like, move the bed. And she's like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, if someone, if I had just seen that, and someone would have been like, move the bed, I'd be like, you move the bed! <laughs> I'm not going near that bed! There's a demon under that bed! But I mean, I think that's our first sign of where this thing is going, right? That she's oh, able yeah, to move the bed. Oh, yeah. Or see it. And here's the thing is, this is where I was like, oh, no, exorcism scene. We're falling into all of the same old tropes, right? Demon wind, yelling, weird, you know, a different language. I mean, obviously, this is, you know, their language. But I'm just saying it falls into the way that Latin is used, typically, in these types of scenes. And, you know, you've seen one exorcism, you've seen them all, right? And then this one caught me by surprise. Do you know what part I'm talking about? Yeah. So they're trapped in this room and the demon's starting to make itself known. It's a, it's a mist. It's a wind. It's everywhere. And it's, it's awful. And they can't get out of this room. Javi's trying to get out of this room and can't open the door. Everybody's in there. And then his mom, oh, and I felt so bad. As soon as she turned out, I was like, this is, loses last stand. This is going to be it. She's not coming out of this. And she uses the last of her strength and energy to sort of call this demon out. And she reaches into the smoke swirl and grabs its heart. I, that is so rad. It was so cool. <laughs> it was, And the look she gives Javi, you know she's saying like, Bye. this is my last ride. Yeah. This is it. This is the last one, but it's going to be worth it. So she calls out the demon, tells it it's not welcome, grabs its heart out of its smoke body, and then explodes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's this aerial shot. You just see... Yeah, you just see the smoke cloud in the trees mm-hmm. in this infinite forest. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, so it was cool. really cool, actually. Like I really said, cool. I mean, this is imagery that I haven't seen. And it's one of the many ways that I think that this movie uses this particular culture. And one of the things I think is great about this movie, and I think it's because it's made by Latinx people, is that it these people are heroes. It is not exotified in a way that typically when you see voodoo or bruja stuff, like it's, it's very much seen through the perspective of like a white person watching this very strange, archaic belief system. And this movie manages to skirt that in a way that makes it yeah. 
much more palatable to watch in 2021. (laughs) I love me some Chucky, but him using the voodoo curse to inhabit a doll. Now you watch it, you're like, ooh, that's a little cringy. You're like, that's not even what voodoo is. Oh, no. (laughs) So that was something as I was watching the scene and watching Luz go from being this mysterious woman with the milky eye to truly an incredibly brave um hero who's like warrior yeah, warrior yeah. woman who's sacrificing her life to save this other person in service of this truly greater good and using her culture in this way like i, I mean not to get too deep about like a demon possession movie but i i realized sort of retroactively how that doesn't normally happen and how that really made this feel special I mean, I got goosebumps again. I remember that scene <laughs> I, just now. <laughs> I love Luz by the end of this movie. Oh my so god, because much. she's so, like, she barely speaks. Yeah. She's just such an enigmatic character. And in this moment when all of a sudden you're seeing yeah. her true colors yeah. and her true, like, no, fuck you, demon. Right. And you also get that moment get to stay of here. real warmth when she's, like, getting, I mean, granted, it's the gross hand on the glass, but, like, she comforts Christy. Christina, yeah. in that moment where she's in the kitchen after all this stuff has happened, she's like choked her son and stuff. You see this other sort of warm maternal side to her. And this is, that's what I'm saying. It's just such a better depiction of this type of character than you normally see anywhere else. Yeah, because I think normally when you see that kind of healer woman, mm-hmm. witch or whatever, this kind of like native healer woman yeah. who believes in rituals and spells and stuff. Yeah, it is generally portrayed as like look at this mystical lady but in this case it was very like no this this lady's been doing this her whole life uh, yeah it was presented in a much different Mm -hmm. way and it definitely hit different like a much more respectful and appreciative way and i was glad because you know what to be honest it was kind of awesome to see lose in her element and to see i mean what we're getting there but where other things are heading right you could understand that trajectory later a lot better because the way that blues is presented in this final battle. It's really good. (laughs) So the next scene is, I mean, okay. So going into the next scene, I felt multiple things. One is I was like, this is really looking like the end of the movie. And I'm going to be real disappointed if it is. Because you know me, I love a, and then it all worked out kind of ending. And that's how this seems right it seems very like our next scene opens it's daylight and christina's got a bandage over her you know scratched up eye but it's a brand new day and yeah we're mourning loses death we're doing it in a respectful traditional way you know javi has to bury his mother but you know he respects what she did with her life and it's sad but it's also kind of like you know and miranda and does the whole like is it really gone and it's a it's sunny and there are birds it's like you know and i was like ah god is this really how it's gonna end where it's like then it was all okay and so there was a part of me that was like there's got to be something more there's got to be more to this right it can't possibly end like this but it for so long makes it seem like a resolution that when it's not it's a huge zig when we thought we were zagging. and part of it is i agree with you it was too neat an ending so when it kept going, I was like, uh-oh. Yeah, right? The longer <laughs> the longer we were in the happiness, I was like, uh-uh. I, I don't know what that says about me as a person when I'm like, no, this is too sick. Right. I mean, and it would be yeah. a letdown if it was that simple. Yeah, but I mean, I have seen movies that I thought were fantastic and then just had a shit ending. Yeah. 
So there's a part of me that was like, maybe that is what's happening. Uh-huh. Maybe we had a great movie that had a really bad ending. Right. Maybe. I, mean, like, I don't know. Good, I was on the fence for a while. a little anticlimactic, right? Right. You're just like, oh, I mean, yeah, the heart is cool, but, I, you know, it's not end yeah. of movie cool. But I don't want Christina to just be like, oh, well, that was a crazy weekend. Am I right? You know, <laughs> right. like, I don't want that ending. But uh, so Javi buries his mother and then he leaves. He's going out to... Do the rest of his life not connected to this because part of the conversation he had over the dominoes was, you know, his Christina asking him if he was going to continue his mother's work and he was saying, no, it dies with her. And so he's, you know, and he says that over her body, the old ways die with you and he leaves. So now it's Christina and Miranda in the house and, you know, and again, I, I almost wonder if they did the scene just to try to even give you more of that false sense of security where they're doing the fake coffee order over the goat milk thing yeah. where they're like, uh, cause I mean, it is just goat milk on goat milk on goat milk. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's, that's, it's kind of cute that they're having this fun little like, oh, did you get the half calf soy non-fat? latte and she's like no i think i got the pumpkin spice she's like oh that's right you know they're having this little moment and they're talking about where christina's gonna go next is she gonna go back to la you know miranda's trying to tell her maybe you belong here and while they're having that conversation christina gets a call from her boss carson who like i said previously when she made the first got the first call from him and kind of just screamed half clues about where she was at to him and then i said and then he makes some decisions based on that so his decision was to go to mexico and show up and try to find her so she's talking to him on the phone and is saying like no 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 no, just stay in the village i'll come find you i'm fine everything's fine you know i'll come find you don't come here meanwhile randa starts hearing some shit mm-hmm. and some things start happening to her and she had previously been trying to convince christina to stay and when Christina comes back in, it's immediately going into, you need to go. You don't belong here. You, This is not for you. You need to leave. And Christina's saying, like, no, no, no. I just asked for more time. I want to stay here with you for a little bit longer. You know, I'm going to stay. And Miranda is very clearly possessed by the demon. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it starts with scratch marks that Christina gave her starting yeah. to itch. And she unwraps the bandage. And all I was praying Rachel, with every fiber <laughs> of my being, I was like, please do not squeeze the wound and let pus come out. Please do not squeeze. And I thought, because there was clearly pus, and her hands were so close to it, doing the touching, like, oh, is it hot? Does it hurt? And I was like, please, God, do not squeeze the pus out. And she didn't thankfully but no oh. i was so tense i was so tense that whole time i was like she's gonna squeeze the pus she's gonna squeeze the pus oh my god that would have been rad if she squeezed the oh. pus. i mean it would have been really oh, gross god. but it would have also been like i was so fucking glad she didn't squeeze the pus <laughs> <sighs> another chapter in my autobiography please god don't squeeze the pus i'm buying this book day one we got a new york best time i think it's becoming less of an autobiography and more of just a series of short stories of things that have happened to me yes it's a series of uh what is it like personal essays listen that is a memoir porque no los dos (laughs) let's make it happen i like it Uh, i still think your book needs to be called transmissions from mars though that has to be the title that is the title for sure 
Okay, for the record, I have not finished a single one of these bottles. I've just had a little bit yeah. of each and then, but I'm like maybe a third of the way through each one, which is, <laughs> that's a couple glasses of wine. So I think I can so, tell which anyway. ones I like the best because they're the ones that have- That are the most yes. empty. <laughs> yeah. Where I was like, I'm a double dip. <laughs> yeah, where I was like going back and I'm like, hmm, I guess I don't really like the rosé as much as I like the red blend. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so- Christina is realizing that Luz did not destroy the demon. She just, it got out, basically. Mm -hmm. And it is now in Miranda. I think there's a little bit of reflection here where, you know, Christina gets the scratch from her mom who has the same demon based on the teeth, I would say. And then Christina scratches Miranda and now Miranda has it. So it is a transferable demon, sort Mm -hmm. of. And Christina, I love the part where she's realizing she's going to have to exercise this demon. Yeah. And she takes off her eye patch thing, and she's now got the milky mm-hmm. eye, like Luz did. And it was full body chills again, where I was like, oh, yeah, she's stepping up. Yep. She's stepping into the position. So they decide to do the broken man ritual again. I mean, I don't know how this stuff works, but if I was a brand new bruja, that is not the ritual I would Right. personally myself again i don't know how the system works but it does feel like a learning curve right to me. yeah it is a little bit of the deep end yeah it is definitely jumping in to the deep end fast but they decide to do it because it's what worked the last time so and and it's just the two of them mm-hmm. they don't have javi there to help because javi took off to go live his life elsewhere and so they start the ritual and this one's even creepier than the first one because as much as so she's, they're starting the ritual, but then the demon inside of Miranda starts to fight back. And so Christina is doing the nailing, the nail part, mm-hmm. like kind of desperately just to keep the demon from coming at her. And I don't, she, I don't think she gets the feet or something. No, she somehow, doesn't get know, the feet. She doesn't get the feet. And Christina starts, you know, or Christina misses the feet and Miranda starts doing the back bend, but her whole body's lifting into the air and it's switching between the demon screams and then what sounds like what could be Miranda or could be, as we all know from watching possession movies is sometimes the demon pretend using the possessed voice yeah. and, you know, to be like the, please don't hurt me. Please stop again. So she's love doing how they twist this. Mm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, this so is wrote. This is the, the, we all know this, like, don't hurt me. And then haha, I'm really right. The demon. I've seen this, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Like well, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it is not that this time. So she's, you know, Miranda's doing them like, no, you're hurting me. Please stop. And then also doing demon stuff and surprise on the demon, blah, blah, blah. And she's floating in the air except for by her nailed down hands. And Christina realizes that this is the demon. I mean, we all know it was the demon toying with her, but it's because the demon needs her to hurt Miranda because the demon feeds on broken people. Right. And it needs, it needs Christina. To break Miranda. To break yeah. Miranda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I just, it is a twist I did not nope. see coming. It's a demon trick I did Clever. not see coming. And as much as I've watched these movies, I'm now like, it was the one that made me think, oh, yeah, I totally would have followed Oh, absolutely. That. Because like, we are programmed to be like, this is the trope. We understand the rules of this. To the point where the fake out is annoying to me because I'm like, of course, it's obviously just the demon trying to trick her. But actually, no, that was Miranda begging for mercy because she meant it. Yeah, it was it was a good little twist on on something that we've seen a thousand times before. 
and it's one of the things when he's researching the demon earlier in the movie and it's Postecki and he's the oh it was like the the demon of of broken people and like mm-hmm. that demon's whole thing is people returning broken and so he can feed on their souls yep. and all this and oh and Randa definitely has had her or Christina I mean has definitely has her stuff that she's working against you know she's got heroin addiction she's got the trauma from seeing her mother that way she's got the you know long-standing trauma of being put in the foster care but system. but i also think so there's like, a certain aspect of it that she is broken because of P- Postecki has been with her just he infected her when she was a child right and so she's had this yeah. feeling of emptiness her entire life and she's been trying to medicate it with drugs or whatever the case may be this whole yeah. time yeah so our Final confrontation comes from Christina sort of realizing what her role in life now is. And she confronts the demon no longer as Christina doing a ritual, but as a quote unquote motherfucking brew. Okay. This is the one place where I struggled a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. She said, I'm a brew hot. That would have been awesome. But the like, I'm a motherfucking brew hot. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so close. The only so close. the only reason why I loved it is because Christina's favorite word is That's fuck. true. Have you noticed that throughout the entire movie, it's there's a fucking snake. Why isn't anyone fucking helping me? This is so fucked up. There's more fucking snakes. What the fuck is that? It was her favorite yeah. word, and so a little bit. That's why I was like, yeah, of course she'd say it like that. That's, That's her favorite true. word. <laughs> I don't know, but I liked it. I thought it was like a. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and, well, good. Uh, if it got you hyped, then I'm happy for you. <laughs> but I'm also one of those people that gets hyped by Marvel superhero I movies. I mean, you know, where same. I'm like, so <laughs> I get I get hyped over really cheesy stuff. I realize that. I recognize that about myself. But I did love the I'm a motherfucking bruja moment. And that's when she fully steps into that role, defeats the demon, and just embraces her new life and what happens next is carson made some more decisions all on his own and decided not to wait in the village and instead was found near la boca so he's been similarly kidnapped he is now in the house with the bag over his head it's miranda who comes in and finds him and he's saying like oh you know trying to explain his situation because he thinks he's been kidnapped in a foreign country and is rightfully very upset about this and then christina in full bruja attire she looks awesome she looks awesome she looks real awesome Uh and she comes in he's very alarmed he's very like oh my god something you have gone off the deep end with this this is bad you know and he's trying to talk her and like just the most asshole move tells her that he brought heroin with him did not see that coming I was like, yeah, wow, because there's some bold ass Americanos coming up in here with fucking heroin. What are you doing in Mexico with heroin? I know. And then on top of that, it just seemed like, I, I mean, somehow he's only in this movie twice. And there was a lot of character because in the first scene, it seems like, oh, he's, he's a boss. He's caring about her. He knows about her problem. He wants her to get better. He's concerned about what emotional state she's going to go through going back to the country she was born in. But then when he brings heroin, he's like, let's just get you even yeah. and then we'll get you home. And Makes like, you well, wonder that's... if he the one that gave it to her. Yeah. Or if he's not quite as supportive of her healing as he Mm-mm. seemed in the beginning. Nope. Because that's a shit move. Right to make mm-hmm. that's awful and she's just like no i'm i'm good. like we're not gonna and do that i don't think we're gonna yeah do that. she's just she is loose 
It's so awesome. But I also love the way they did her makeup in this scene. They've brought the lines in. It's not just all over her face, but it creates this very beautiful shape on her face. Yeah. Yeah. And so she does what Luz did when we first meet Christina and Luz. And she looks at Carson and something else looks back. And she sees that little thing in his Mm -hmm. eye. And she's looking at him with her with her milky demon eye and she sees it and i love when she's like we're not very good at this yet but we'll get better <laughs> i know oh. oh end of movie all right what oh. did you think of this movie i really liked Me too. it because i mean i already love a possession mm-hmm. movie as it is but this was a possession movie that went differently it did things differently right. that I wasn't expecting. And it worked. It wasn't like they took a chance and it didn't work. They did things differently that worked. Yeah. And I liked it a yeah. lot. I do. I have a soft spot in my heart for possession movies. But mostly they're kind of bad. When they're yeah. good, they're so good. But it's so rare because everybody is trying to remake The Exorcism. Or Exorcist, yeah. right? And I like yeah. that this movie went totally in a different direction. In a lot of different ways. But I mean, just even starting with having instead of being like a Judeo-Christian kind of background that it it pulled from a different culture and then celebrated that culture and let the people who of whom that culture belongs to tell that story. It just worked for me. And I thought it was genuinely creepy in parts. It surprised me repeatedly. It played with my expectations in ways that were really fun and caught me off guard. And it gave me, at the end, a really cool, badass female character. Two, in fact. Two to root for in the end. Three, if you can't lose. Three female, badass female characters. And I'm never not going to enjoy that. But I was not expecting it when I signed up for this movie. No, me neither. I It definitely did not deliver the way I thought it was going to. Like, I didn't... It went places I didn't think it was going to go. I did not think we were going to end with... Christina becoming the next. No, I mean when she got her eye injured, I went. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, but until that moment, it was definitely did not even cross my mind. So, what a cool way to also this idea of that when Luz dies, the old ways die with her. But there is sort of this legacy of women passing these things on. It's never even a question of whether or not Javi is going to take over for her his mother. Instead, it is a legacy that is passed to another woman, and you you see that happen in that final battle, which we didn't even talk about how cool and creepy the design of the demon was and totally unlike (gasps) the horned demon we're so used to seeing um yeah but how she sort of passes that torch by appearing to her and leading her to the tools that she needs in order to take on this oh yeah it's really really cool female story that i was very very into yeah same awesome okay so i think i feel pretty safe in saying that i would recommend this movie how about you Yeah, I would also. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So we have one last wine to drink. So I think we need to drink that wine. And then I want you to think about it. And we're going to pair a wine. And then we're going to rate our the wines in order that we enjoy them. So first of all, what we're drinking the last one. Tell me about this last one. This last one is the Cabernet Sauvignon Mm -hmm. from California. It's got a cute little seal on it. Hey, cute. Whose name is? Bacchus Zalophus Californus. Oh my god, and this is the cutest of all the drawings. I'm sorry. I, it's so cute. It's so cute. He's balancing little wine glasses on his flippers and his nose. 
He looks like he'd be this fun to California- party with. Sorry, go ahead. He's so cute. He's so cute. I love that the picture, I also love on all of them, the animal on the front is very like, it's me and some grapes. And on the back, it's like, it's me and some grapes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like how we present ourselves, how we really are. <laughs> it's like beginning of the night, three glasses in. I love it. This California Cabernet shows beautiful aromas of ripe boysenberry. Cassis? Cassis? I don't know what that is. Cassis? So? Is that how you say it? I don't know what it is. And a touch of mocha and coffee. Yum. Ooh. Ooh. On the palate, this wine is supple with soft tannins and a velvety texture and is replete with black cherry and a hint of vanilla. Oh. And it is to go with a Snickers. Oh, yeah. My other favorite. Mm-mm-mm. Which I f- so rarely buy candy bars. So I'm very excited about this excuse to eat a little mini candy bar. Okay. Smells good. Oh, ew. The insides of mine started squishing out. It looks like it's pooping. <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's see look past it look past it smells good smells like wine Ooh. okay uh, i'm already okay. biased because cab salves are my favorite anyway but i think i think Ooh. i feel like we had the similar experience when we had that other the other wine that the cab was my favorite oh and of course this goes well with chocolate are you kidding okay, I'm gonna try the chocolate now. oh yeah oh that's the business all right i'm Oh, and this is how you round out the night. You start with the white wines and the fruity candies. Mm. Kind of get more into the chocolate mm-hmm. territory in the middle, and then you end with the rich wine and the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I- I'm glad I followed your lead, because I probably would have been like, let's do a white and then a red and a white and a red. But this was actually the correct way to approach this, is to work our way towards the darker, richer, bolder wine. Yeah, I- that was my instinct, was to start on the lighter side and then get towards the dark ones. Okay. But- all right, so mm. Mm. let's start with our pairing. What do you think? Which is the one that if you were going to watch this film again and you had a Wonder Ivy drink or wine, which one would you which would you be like, okay, that's the one I'm reaching for? Okay, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's my favorite, but the one that I think pairs the best with this movie is the red blend. Okay. That really dry red okay. wine. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those. I just, it feels like the one, because this movie does, I don't know what the runtime is off the top of my head. And it doesn't feel, when I say it feels long, I don't mean that it feels long like a chore. Mm-hmm. Like, God, this movie just will not end. But I feel like so much happens that you need a wine with, you know, a, the sustainability of making it through the whole movie. And I love this Cabernet Sauvignon. But there's, it's so rich that I don't know I could drink it through the length of this movie. But the, the, red blend it's more like a i wonder where this is going you know Uh what i mean does that make sense where you drink a wine where you're like i wonder if it's gonna get more flavorful over time or if there's like an aftertaste i'm missing it just kind of keeps you wondering where it's gonna go and that's what i would want with this movie excellent all right i like it i'll take it okay so i think now we have to put them in order so for me it goes from the one i like still enjoy but enjoy the least to my favorite, it goes Rosé, Blend, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Cabernet. How about you? Mine goes Rosé, Chardonnay, oh. Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, and then I'm real tied between Red Blend and this Cabernet. Mm. I mean, you can have two that are at the top. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think they All tie right. at the top. Excellent. All right. I feel like this is another really fun wine trip. This was really fun. We don't fun. get to go on wine trips anymore. 
anymore. <laughs> I know. Now we have to do them remotely. I know that this is not a wine podcast, and I hope people had fun with this. Um, just like hearing us get progressively drunk or throughout the show. But I mean, just on a friend level, it was super fun to do this with you. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I can't stop eating the Snickers. It's still it's happening. It's so good. I know. They're so tasty. Kitty. <laughs> all right awesome so let's see here what do we got going on uh listener feedback we did not get any email this time but you're always welcome to drop us a line let us know what you're thinking we'd love to hear from you you can do so at rachelzombiegirls.com or you can come head over to the facebook page zombie girls facebook page and talk with us there we're also on twitter and instagram at zg podcasts so you can definitely find us on there follow us smash that follow or whatever people say these days and if you're enjoying the show please review us on apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're getting your pods if you're looking for something spooky tonight because you've already watched the old ways then check out our video on demand and streaming calendar on the website at zombiegirls.com that's g-r-r-l-z.com and if you're looking for something cool to wear this weekend say you got a hot date and you want them to know that you are a, a lady or gentleman of taste you should definitely check out our merch at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch and if you love us and you want to support us, it would mean the world to us. You can do so at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls. And this is the perfect time to do it because all the usual perks are there. We've got our extended episodes. We've got our bonus episodes. We've got all kinds of fun stuff going on. But October is spooky season. So we're like doing it big. Okay. Or at least big for us. <laughs> you can join Patreon right now at the $1 level and get access to the Discord. Normally that's a $3 tier or whatever, however you call it. But right now, because it's spooky season and we are feeling the spooky season spirit, you can join at $1 and get access to the Discord, which will not only get let you hang out with us all the time because we're always on there, but also we have some fun events planned for patrons. We've got some movie nights planned. We've got a trivia day planned. We've got our Dragula we're doing like a fantasy league over Dragula, which is a great show. Obviously, Larry from Until Nick Cage show and the Here's Johnny podcast is a huge Dragula fan. This was kind of his idea. So we're going to get to do that with them. So that's going to be a ton of fun. So if you have been thinking about becoming a patron, do it now at the I'm no, I, sure like it'd be great if you pledged at whatever level. But Honestly, at the $1 level, we'll be delighted and you can come hang out with us on the Discord. And if you're already a patron and you're not in the Discord, come on, yo. What are you doing? Come hang out. Let's chit chat. So yeah, so that's what we got planned for October. Well, I guess that just leaves what we have planned for our next episode. Now, Marzi, this is a you pick. What are we going to be watching? We're going to watch a movie. Full disclosure, I did just watch it a few days okay, ago. But screen. This is intriguing. I and I watched it for my own, you know, it came up on it's on okay. Shutter. And I watched it because I don't I don't know. I can't, I'm not honestly I'm not really sure what drew me to it, but it was because the cover looks dumb as hell. It looks like it's gonna be just a teeny. Okay. But it actually takes a different turn, I think. I don't know. I really need to talk to you okay. about it. But it's called Seance. I know it what you're talking on... about, and that poster is terrible. It's bad, but right? It's directed by Simon Barrett, who was a writer. He's on a few, a handful of movies that I really liked, so I was kind of curious about it, but put off by the the, the poster. Yeah, the same. So I saw the poster and I was like, eh, I don't know about this, but I gave it a shot anyway. And like, I got to the end and I was like, I don't know. Did was this good? <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> 
I don't know now. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, I won't talk about it too right. much. But I need you to watch this because I'm very confused about what my thoughts and feelings are about it. It definitely caught me oh, off guard. I love, that's that's so. like the best way you could sell a movie to me, right? It's just, yeah. I don't know how I feel. that. Those are my favorite kinds of movies, typically. It would finish and I just kind of sat there and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what we're watching I'm next. Excited. It is on Shudder. It is called Seance. And it is a Shudder. I think it's a Shudder original. Is that what I it's I think saying? so. Yeah. That's what we're watching next, folks. So if you want, if you're playing along, head over to Shudder, watch Seance, and we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. Okay. So yeah, I'm excited. We'll definitely check that out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. So unless you are sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to be talking about, see if you can guess. Brujas. <laughs> that well, I was about to say milks. Oh, milks. <laughs> what is who am I? <laughs> uh, just people in the audience. I'm going to leave this as an at, at the end of the episode. We had a very strange conversation about my new obsession with milk. So stay tuned for that question mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marzi, take us out. Thanks for coming back. Again, if you're playing along, go over to Shudder, watch Seance, and then listen to us talk about it in a couple of weeks. I have a feeling we're both going to be very confused by our feelings for this movie. It will be interesting. so intrigued! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that's all, folks. Bye, everybody. Night. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and to Mars for always being willing to geek out about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel Messman-Rucker. And our theme song for this show is Die Historic by Three Chain Links. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. I hope you are ready to talk brujas, because I know I am. Motherfucking brujas! Always ready. <laughs> Always ready to talk about motherfucking brujas. So this one's a little different. Um, I wasn't quite sure what to do with this. I knew I wanted to talk about brujas, but I didn't really know how to talk about it. So instead of, in my words, we have pulled stories from Reddit of people who have firsthand accounts with brujas. Ooh, Are you into that? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so these are uh, stories that tend not to be quite as friendly as the ones that we saw depicted in the old ways. Just uh, so there may be some spooky doings afoot. Full disclosure: okay. Hellbeast is heading into the litter <laughs> box right now. <laughs> I was giving something about Bruhas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Full disclosure: There's currently a, a pooping witch. There's a summoning me, occurring not- next to you. There's a ritual happening just to my left. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so let's talk brujas. Um, all right, so this is entitled, What's the Brujaha? I was wondering how long it was going to take us there. to make that Literally joke. Literally yeah. the first line. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is Redditor sharing their stories of real encounters with bruja and brujos. That are not uh, not such pleasant ones uh, as we have experienced. All right. So this first one is called Takeout Order. All right. So this is Redditor Lexion1D3. I'm guessing 1D3. That's got to be like a D&D thing, right? 1D3? Like one? No? Okay. Oh. Yeah? yeah? Question mark? 
All right. Maybe? So he's retelling his aunt's Bruja encounter as a child. All right. So here's in his words. I lived in a small home in the hills. I shared a room with my sister and our window was facing the main street. It was big and had rails on the window. One night, my sister and I were in bed. She was asleep and I was awake, lying on my bed, looking outside the window since my bed was against the wall right underneath the window. I like to open the window and look up into the sky. I remember it being around 3 a.m. when I decided I had to get some rest. I stood up to close my window and that's when I saw her. A bruja flying right in front of my house. (gasps) She saw me. We made eye contact and I immediately closed my windows and got under my covers and started praying. I eventually fell asleep. I woke up with fresh air hitting my face as I opened my eyes. I saw that my head was sticking out of the window. I screamed as loud as I could and my sister woke up to help me. I have never been afraid of my life as I was on uh, not only on that night, but in the morning realizing that she had the power to take me out of my window like that. It wasn't e- if it wasn't for the rails, she would have taken me. Oh my god. I mean, okay. On the one hand, on the part of me that it's had a bit of wine <laughs> and wants to believe in spooky things, that's terrifying. But on the other, equally terrifying, if this was just like a sleepwalking episode, like you know, like, oh, who's that comedian who has the extreme sleepwalking uh, issue? Mike Burbiglia? And, like, throws it. Mike yes. Burbiglia. Like, this sounds like, like, even if there was no witch involved, this person might have real bad, like, sleepwalking Whatever happened, problems. it's a good thing there were bars on that terrifying. window. That is terrifying. It's still, it's still, like, if I, okay, same scenario, if I had a, a window that actually opened and didn't have a screen and had bars or whatever, and I woke up, like, almost out the window, had it not for the, been for the bars, also would have been terrifying. Did you see that thing I posted on the Discord about the handprints? No. <gasps> oh. Okay. So, no. you know, I, as I said at the top of the show, I have been fixing up my backyard and putting out like a whole little patio set for a thing. And I was sitting there and I, like, for a few hours. And so, like, obviously the sun moves, right? And apparently it had yeah. to get in the exact right position. But I was looking at the back bedroom window, the one where the cats used to stay, and the sun hit it just right, and there were two handprints on the outside of the window, like someone had pressed their hands on the window and was either trying to open it or looking in. Or looking in. Oh, my God. Rachel, that's way scarier. So I was like, please let those be inside the window. Please let those be inside the window. Please let those be inside the window. And I'm like, Randy, go check. And he goes in they're on the outside oh my god (laughs) that's like a night stalker thing literally the first thing I thought about was the Golden State Killer (laughs) 